Welcome to House of Hoops, episode 53. It's Monday night, February 15th, 2021. I'm Jeff Hausman coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you for listening. On the show tonight is my good buddy, Bo Brady. Hey, what's up? Happy uh, Gras. <laughs> also joining us. Gras. All right. I have no idea. Also joining us is Brian Clark. Hey, everybody. Hey, Lundigras is the day before Mardi Gras, Jeff. Okay. Tomorrow's Mardi Gras. No shit. How about that? Yeah. I thought that's why you're playing Zydeco music. <laughs> yeah, so did I. All right, we're going to have some fun tonight. We're going to talk some hoops and make some conversation. You can reach us on Twitter at House of Hoops. That's H-A-U-S of Hoops. And we're on Instagram at House of Hoops Podcast. You can call us, leave a voicemail. You can actually send us pictures. You can do anything interactive like you would on a phone at 901-300-6575. Thank you, everybody, for listening again. Well, gentlemen, the whole damn city shut down here in Memphis, but uh, the podcast goes on. How are y'all doing tonight? Doing well. Good. Yeah. Just, you know, snowed in. Yeah. What you been up to this week, Bo? Things and stuff. <laughs> Watch some basketball. 
got outside even though it was well below zero every day with the wind chills in the negative 20s. Yeah. Watched The Sound of Metal, which was an Amazon. It was a pretty good movie. And watched the Bee Gees documentary on HBO. Oh, shit. What'd you think? I liked the Bee Gees. It was, I think it was well done and it was a good story. I'm glad I, it was told to me. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I found it absolutely hilarious. But that's a whole nother, I guess that's just me. Well, it was interesting how they, you know, they were in England. They were just kind of a rock and roll band. Uh-huh. And then they kind of morphed into that, into disco. It was, it was wild. Yeah, it was like they would change their sound to whatever was popular, it seemed like, at the time. And just sell records. And they were, by all accounts, prolific songwriters, too. Like, they just wrote song after song after song and put records out like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was a, it was it was a good musical history lesson or history and music lesson or whatever you want to, however you want to frame it. Yeah. Anything else? That's about it. Yeah. Kids go back to their third week. The girls go back to third week of school tomorrow. Okay. Which has been going well. All right. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. We don't got no laddie this week. I don't know where he's at. Maybe he's working. I don't know. Vladdy, give me a call sometime. But we do have Brian this week. Brian, what have you been up to? Uh, You know. I do. More of the same, working and living, watching basketball. I also watched the Bee Gees documentary. Oh, shit. Uh, And I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I think it's how they morphed from kind of style to style. Bo brought up the one of you guys brought up the move to disco that happened when they when they moved to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was kind of funny. They hit Miami and, and made that change. There were some pretty cool parts. I mean, the part where they're recording the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack and they kind of um I mean the, oh. the documentary made it sound like they kind of invented the drum loop. Right. You know? They wrap that they run that tape all around the studio and around like a mic stand. I guess that the drummer was out sick or yeah. Or doing something he had to go to available. F- as his mom it was was essentially on oh, her deathbed yeah. in England. So she, he flew out where they were f- filming or recording all that stuff. And then they had that that producer that kinda had a, a background in like creativity and it, it, more or less creativity. There, I forgot exactly how they put it, but he he then made that drum loop for him. Yeah, I mean, that's a drum part that's been sampled probably, I mean, countless times. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it was well done. Uh, I mean, like Bo said, they, they, they just wrote hit after hit after hit, you know. I did think that the... I thought the, the part of the documentary when they're recording and they release Jive Talking, I thought was kind of cringeworthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Barry Gibbs up there kind of stomping his foot and strumming his guitar. And (laughs) (laughs) it just, I don't know. It it seemed a little try hard. (laughs) Yeah. Where my wife and I were watching, we both kind of looked at each other and and cringe simultaneously at that part. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but no, I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I thought it was a good documentary. I learned, I learned some things about the Bee Gees. 
Also watched uh, watched Air Force One last week. Oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's <laughs> it was just on, and I started watching. That movie is really it's really funny if you if you watch it now and you imagine uh, Donald Trump in the Harrison Ford role. <laughs> All right, elaborate. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's. You know Harrison Ford, the uh, Pre- President Marshall, I think is, is is his name. You know the terrorists, Gary Oldman, they take over the plane, and the Secret Service rushes rushes the president out, and they put him in the escape pod, and they release the escape pod. And uh, uh, spoiler alert: he he doesn't he doesn't stay in the in the escape pod. Uh, he he leaves the escape pod to stay on the plane to try to to try to save his his wife, the first lady, and his daughter, and the rest of the staff that are on the plane. You gotta imagine Donald Trump's probably not leaving that escape pod, right? No, he's like he's a, he's he's out of there. He's like even pushing his son out of the way to. Yeah, yeah. There's another pod on the plane. We must protect the president. <laughs> Me. I need I need all of these parachutes. My family <laughs> can't have any of them. Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah, like, and then as the movie goes along, you know, the Harrison Ford does some kind of you know he has an action scene where he's fighting a terrorist. And it was just kind of funny imagining, you know, <laughs> would Donald Trump engage in a hand-to-hand combat with a with a terrorist? Well, we'll never George, know now. Maybe George W. We'll never know. George W. probably would have fought the terrorist by hand. I could see I could see W. throwing some punches. I think so too. Bill Clinton would have wrestled him, <laughs> choked him with that dong of his. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> he would have wrestled him for sure. I don't know if it would have got sexual or anything. No, it's not sexual. It's just, you know, know. <laughs> take your belt off or pull your dong out. For Clinton, you pull it out and wrap it around his neck. Oh, you're going to wrap it around his neck. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking of a different kind of choking. No. <laughs> just sicko. Rock had some I'm a sick him. one. <laughs> <laughs> All Brock, right. Brock would fight, I think. I Damn think he'd so. at least uh I think he could at least convince a terrorist to maybe maybe a game of horse. Brock would have shot him with his nine. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I guess that could be misconstrued as racist. It is black history. Maybe month. maybe I'm thinking that Brock is the most gangster ass president we've ever had. And I like that part of it. He stood up to everyone. He didn't care. What about Lincoln? Yeah. Lincoln was probably gangster shit. He probably had a gun too. They all did. Until probably like, I don't know, what would you say, the 30th or 40th president? They stopped carrying guns on their own. I don't know if if it's historically accurate to put Lincoln on a plane. <laughs> when, <laughs> when did presidents stop carrying guns? Because you have to assume at some point they all carried guns, right? You think Trump's even shot a gun? Oh, if he has, it didn't have a serial number. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Crooked ass motherfucker. Trump probably has a he has a golden gun, but we still don't know when presidents stopped carrying guns. No, we don't. Which presidents carried guns? What if I just Google that? Is there just a list I can read somewhere? It says Theodore Roosevelt was widely known for his interest in guns. 
Eisenhower, Kennedy had guns, Reagan had guns. The doesn't really go back. I don't know. That's a stupid article. You got to think FDR probably he probably had one or two under that blanket. This seems like a lot of research that I just really don't have time for right now. But I'm pretty sure Washington walked around the White House with fucking two pistols on his hips. Can't imagine, can't imagine Andrew Jackson probably carried a gun. Thomas Jefferson had dueling pistols and a pocket pistol. Andrew Jackson, a lot of them. <laughs> Who do you think has more guns, Andrew Jackson or Stephen Jackson? Oh, God. Well, Andrew Jackson's <laughs> no longer living, but you mean yeah. had. Sure. Yeah. Based on what Jeff just said, I guess I'd have to guess Andrew Jackson because I don't know Stephen Jackson personally. I mean, Andrew Jackson, let's say for the sake of argument, he had a lot of guns, but he probably didn't have a, a gun tattooed on his body. Probably not. I wish there was just a list I could look up. Like these presidents carried guns on them at all times. <laughs> I don't think that exists though. 13 photos of presidents packing heat on motherjones.com. <laughs> what? There's some good pictures on here. <laughs> Truman. I think guns are more common. Uh, there's definitely pictures of George W. and his father holding guns. Here's a, here's a President Obama goes on a fun filled shooting spree at Camp David in 2011. <laughs> He's shooting, sh looks like uh, rifles. All right. Yeah, we should probably move on, I guess. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's move on. I feel like I overdid it there. Uh, Do you guys get any snow today? Not here. No? But we, we got snow on the ground, but. We got, what did we get, Brian? We got like. Me and Brian are from the same place. We got like four or five inches today. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Feels like that. It's more, more than I can remember us having for a long, long time. Yeah, dude. I can't in even know. Like, I, I don't remember snow, and I can't imagine like driving my Civic out like outside of my driveway and not getting stuck. It's a lot. There was a, I remember a snowstorm when I was a kid. I had to have been like, I don't know, four or five. Yeah. There was a there was a pretty big snowstorm. I remember I, at, at my grandparents' house in Parkway Village, like playing in the snow and making big snowmen. I suppose it's possible that's happened since then, but not, it, this much snow, it's, this is a lot for Memphis, and we are not prepared for it at all. No way. The whole fucking city is like shut down. Not that I would yeah. know because I haven't left my house. I woke up this morning at like, I don't know, fucking noon or some shit. Went and uh, peed down into the toilet, and then I flushed it, and uh, nothing happened. <laughs> so the first thing in the morning, my pipes are frozen up in the house. I left water running. I got my spigots covered outside. Thought it was safe. Nope. Shit locked up. So I spent like six hours of the day trying to get those, trying to get water moving through those pipes today. Finally got them working. Thanks to my girlfriend Alexa's hair blow dryer. I'm going to go buy a blow dryer <laughs> to keep like in the attic or something in case this ever happens again. Because 
that thing saved the day. I just set it on a outdoor spigot and let it run for like an hour on the front and the back of the house. And finally, like after turning the heat up and running space heaters on pipes indoor, finally got all the water moving, which was an exciting moment for me after six hours of being outside trying to get fucking water. But the power stayed on. Brian, your power went out earlier this week, didn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say, Jeff, you can you can pick up a heat gun at Home Depot. Oh, maybe that's better. Like Twenty five bucks. And uh yeah, for the future, if you have any pipes freeze up in the future, that might help you out. That doesn't get too um, hot, does it? I mean, I think it's I think it's made for like heating out pipes. pipes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll do that instead. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, my power went out Thursday morning. I heard something. I don't know if it was a transformer exploding. Something happened. And yeah, about 7.30, my power went out. And then my power didn't come back on until about 5 o'clock the following day. Mm. There's a Hampton Inn up the road. We stayed there Thursday night. Uh, my wife works for a hotel company. Um, and so she was able to get a pretty good discount there. We only spent like 30 or 40 bucks. It was well worth it. There you go. If it was going to be, you know, regular hotel prices, I may have tried to tough it out. Mm. But, uh, yeah, for 30 or 40 bucks, it was definitely worth it. Yeah. It's like a little vacation. Let's go stay in a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, got a hotel. McDonald's was across the street. <laughs> McDonald's. The cable was out. So uh, there was, I missed the, the TNT doubleheader. <laughs> oh, no. Which was kind of a bummer, but I'll take, uh, I'll take a, a warm room and a bed. Dude, you know, anytime, anytime you stay in a hotel, you got to bring a Chromecast. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think that far ahead. I just kind of ran out the door with you know whatever I needed to get through the night. Yeah, toothbrush, Ambien. What else? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, just some basketball shorts and a t-shirt so I could shower. Yeah, but yeah, there's. I didn't sleep well. There's definitely a, there's a difference in staying in a hotel when you're on vacation and staying in a hotel because you have to. You know. Yeah. You guys just kind of anxious about the state of my house, but anyway, the, the power did come on the following day, and then yeah, I got off work Friday night and got to got to go home to a warm house. So, so uh, knock on wood, hope it doesn't happen again. When you left um, because your power was out, I'm curious, did you leave like water running for your pipes? So I had to, I actually had to leave the hotel. Luckily, like like I said, it's just down the road. I had to leave. The hotel at about nine thirty. I realized, oh my god, there's no heat in my house, and I didn't, I didn't right. leave any any water dripping well that's okay you got so a, i came back here and yeah you got a four-wheel driving pickup truck yeah yeah you yeah, can yeah get i around. took it out today for a minute yeah i got around okay so when we're done recording here i need you to come pick me up uh, i need some <laughs> cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing open <laughs> there's nowhere to buy anything right now no the grocery store's closed Fuck yeah, uh, the local is. kroger's closed at like six o'clock Everything's closed. Yeah. Anyway, that was yeah, that was my week. Yeah, it's been an eventful week in Memphis on account of the weather. But you know, enough about the weather. Maybe we should move on with things, eh? Did he leave? Where did he go? I saw him taking his headset off. He's like, I'm leaving. Mm. This sucks. Maybe he had to go get a beer. He's like, we just spent an hour talking about nothing, nothing basketball related. I'm not doing this again. Twenty minutes. (laughs) <laughs> he disappeared he's just holding us up now mm-hmm. 
All right, Bo. What's up? You're back. Stop holding us up. <laughs> I, had to, I had to urinate in my non-frozen toilet. You had to pee. You had to pee. Just pee in your pants. We got to keep it going. Come on. Oh, is the, is the basement toilet frozen up? No, this shit doesn't freeze here. Wow, uh, he's making fun of me for my weak pipes. Oh yeah, gotcha. It's gonna be 17 below here tomorrow. And Nothing you freezes. You don't have to leave anything running. <laughs> nope. Fuck you. Uh, well, all the water that's on anything. Uh, well, the the main line end comes through the basement, and then the kitchen sink. There's a radiator under the kitchen sink, and then there's basically because we have hot water heat in the house there's anywhere there's water that's against the outside wall there's there's a radiator right next to it oh nice so all right but if the heat fails let's say and we're out of town then the whole like it, it would be a complete it would mm. be such a disaster that actually happened to my in-laws neighbors they were out of town and their heat failed and they couldn't live in the house for, I think, four months. Oh, God. Jesus. That's horrifying. Yeah, so technically, if you're going to go out of town, your neighbor should at least pay attention to your... Like mo most of these houses in this neighborhood, we have boilers and the boiler vents out the chimney. So uh, you should look tell... Look for steam. Yeah, just have your neighbor check couple times a day to make sure there's actually steam coming out when it's super cold hmm. and if it's not the case they need to run over and if the heat's out they gotta call the call the heating company and those guys are all on standby they'll, they'll, they'll come out pretty quick huh interesting yeah uh bo last week let's move on a little bit <laughs> let's keep it let's move on to the next topic eh let's do it all this snow's got me talking like a canadian Last week, you and I kind of decided we were going to do a little something in celebration of Black History Month. Yeah. And look some things up. Were you able to come up with anything? Yeah, I, I, I did. Okay. Now, I was going to polish mine off this afternoon, but obviously I got sidetracked with frozen pipes in the house. My, I've had something, but I don't feel like it's good enough as it stands now. Like It's just fragments, and it's just not going to sound good so i'm going to do mine next week and you can do yours this week then all right so whenever you're ready actually i have nothing i lied you lied <laughs> <laughs> i did i thought maybe i could pull it out of my ass real quick all right fine look <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm not ready to do mine, so let's wait till next week to do it. Okay. I thought I could come up with something. I had something, but then I decided it was inappropriate. Oh, my God. We're going to push that to next week. Just try to do something, okay? Look. All right, dickhead. <laughs> dickhead, do something. <laughs> next time. We'll do this. Uh, we'll get on that for next week. No question. All right. So we got nothing there. Maybe well, let's just do some NBA news. Oh, uh, there's some interesting news. Is there? Why don't you go ahead and lead the way with that then? The two things that stood out for, to me came out today. The Andre Drummond 
uh, sitting out till he gets traded, traded or bought out, and the oh. Blake Griffin sitting out until he gets traded or bought out. Oh shit! So that's gonna push the timetable up on that. My favorite thing about that was Evan, I believe, has Andre Jump Drummond in in, in the fantasy <laughs> league. So I immediately thought of Evan. Yeah, he's been up against it with Katie out for safety health and safety protocols, and then now mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Bummer, Evan. I've noticed actually when on our Zoom calls here, you're inviting him and he hasn't showed up yet. I'm kind of surprised. Evan's Evan's got Katie out again too. Hamstring. He's, he's probably watching TV and just ignoring his phone. Maybe he's, he's watching below deck. I was gonna assume it's probably below deck. All right. So Drummond and Yeah, so Griffin are on look, their way, on the move. Now Griffin is uh, Drummond's expiring at 28 million or something like that and then griffin's 37 this year and 39 million player option next year two years left on his deal he signed that yeah, he, signed, he signed that deal with la with the, with clippers. the clippers remember because he was gonna didn't they they like put his jersey in the in the rafters and yeah made this big stink that he was gonna retire <laughs> a clipper and then immediately turned around and traded him who's taking on that contract that's a good question at this point, Atlanta might as well and just mail it in. <laughs> He's in year four of his five-year deal. Yes. You know, actually, who would be a good fit for a team that's rebuilding that could just take on money would be the Pistons. I wonder if the Pistons could trade assets <laughs> to the Pistons for Blake Griffin. <laughs> they could buy him out and then re-sign him. Yeah. He's going to go somewhere, uh, a contender, I would assume. Wow. I wonder how long this fucking drags out. Who has money and or space for Drummond? Well, once I feel he gets, like everybody's pretty capped out. Well, once Although, he gets bought out, he's they're gonna be able to sign him for fucking nothing. Yeah, yeah. He's still gonna well, get paid. Yeah, that's the thing. And maybe Cleveland wants. I don't know Cleveland's ownership situation, but obviously there's no gate revenue this year. Or if there is, it's it doesn't. It's so marginalized. It's irrelevant. Maybe they. Maybe Cleveland's just happy to save. Two million bucks on a buyout or something, mm-hmm. which they they what they yeah. they got Drummond for a second round pick anyway, something like that. So I'd say Drummond's likely heading to a buyout, and I don't know what's going to happen with the Griffin thing. I I don't know what planet Blake Griffin gives up forty million dollars next year. Yeah, there's no way. He's only thirty one. He's due for another contract, but. No, I don't know who. Uh, where does where do these guys fit in? Uh, Drummond easier, I think. There's a few teams that are looking at him. Toronto, I think he fits in in like Washington or Brooklyn. Brooklyn's been reported looking at him, so I would guess Toronto or Brooklyn, just off the top of my head. But there's plenty of teams that are in the need of a big man. Well, so, Brooklyn doesn't have the money to make it happen. Mm-hmm. That'd be buyout. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it'll happen one way or the other. You know, Toronto could just say the hell with Siakam and do a straight up, straight up deal with that. I don't know if Cleveland would want to do that. Otherwise, for salary matching, I don't see how Toronto gets it done. Trying to think of a team where Blake Griffin fits in. The Knicks. But the salary, the salary is so ridiculous. Charlotte, I didn't think about Charlotte for Blake. 
there's like two years left on his deal so that's not that's actually not that mm. that bad if you're charlotte yeah i'll i'll think about it over the week i don't know maybe something will jump out god he's 36 million this year yeah oh the cody zeller's expiring mm-hmm. that's an easy trade and then you could you could send rogier though he's been good for them maybe you'd have to feature. you'd have to do rogier and i'd almost rather have rogier than blake griffin though i'm, I'm a big fan of scary terry i'd rather have scary terry than blake griffin all day uh-huh. all right now everything on the news looks like drummond trade to toronto for something i don't know what well i don't know what each team is giving up off the top of my head but yeah, Toronto was all the all the talk that I saw. Right, what I could see Toronto. I mean, the Toronto swings. You know, they've been known to swing for the fences before, with uh, with Kawhi and Mark. Yeah, I could. I mean, I could see them trying to make a move. They're a team that, in the past, has tried to get the one guy just to go all in for that one season. So, mm-hmm. maybe the Bulls get involved. Bulls have assets. For who? The Bulls get involved for who? Remind either one. Me. Either assets? one. Assets? Assets, though? Yeah, they got, they got trade. No, you're, re- you're receiving assets if you're taking Blake Griffin at this point. Huh. Is, that way you, is that how you look at it? Yes. Huh. Yeah, that, who, who, wants, who wants Blake Griffin for, would you say, $36 million? That's why That's why I led with the, the Pistons <laughs> would take on Blake Griffin from the Pistons yeah. if the Pistons could give them a first-round pick or some assets. <laughs> and that's how bad it is. I mean, like, his contract is... He's thirty nine million next year. Yeah, his injuries have turned his contract into a an albatross. He's not the same player he was. Now, if Blake Griffin was like ten million dollars, okay. I mean, look at Dwight Howard. Sure. He, he's a. I mean, he's healthy right now, but at whatever minimum he's playing playing for, he's he's somewhat of a positive asset for a backup center. Okay, that's hard to believe to me. I don't know why. I just don't look at it that way. I look at Blake Griffin helping a contender win. But what contender has $40 million that they can just give up for nothing? Well, nobody. I don't look at him as like his career is fucking over. I don't either, but he hasn't been healthy. Yeah. And you're not. You don't think you can gonna... help somebody win? Well, maybe, but I I would say more yeah. likely than not. Who can trade that much money and still be good? This would take more thought than we have time for, probably. Yeah, I can see you're struggling with this one. Well, yeah, because I just don't know how it works. I don't know how uh, they would have to basically pay somebody to take Blake Griffin off their hands if in a trade. Right, and then, then so then the only other person that can give up negative value basically to make the trade happen is Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wants to go to a contender and rehab his image so to speak agreed to bet on himself that he can make a, a third of that I, I i don't know so if the warriors figure out a way to trade wiggins and some other pieces for blake griffin you're thinking that detroit would want assets like like uh picks or something from the warriors also well that's an interesting one because wiggins and Ubre are kind of they're not now that would be one where maybe it's a wash. Maybe the the Warriors are willing to just take on Blake's expiring contract. It kind of kick, not necessarily 
kick the Andrew Wiggins can down the road, but but to take a larger salary, a larger expiring salary on for next year. Mm-hmm. So then they could flip Gr- Blake Griffin if it didn't work out for and the Minnesota pick. Yeah. Uh, for, for you know three or four pieces well i think the warriors like what wiggins is doing on defense especially so that may not work for them he is he has been playing better right and i mean and what's and what's blake's fit on the warriors i mean he plays the same position as draymond yeah i don't know they i guess you i guess you could play draymond at center yeah you play where does that center. where does that yeah, put you go small where does that put your rookie off the James bench Lasman? Off the fucking bench, <laughs> <laughs> where he probably the, Bla- the Blake the Blake thing's weird because of the player option. Yeah, I just don't I don't I don't see how I don't see how that works anywhere unless unless he agrees to decline the player option, which what sa- what same person would do that? No, that's probably not likely. Because what? Okay, so he's get he gets thirty nine next year on the player option. But let's say let's say he signs a three year deal with somebody for what? But when the whole Brooklyn thing, twelve million, thirteen million, fourteen million, maybe when the whole Brooklyn thing blows up next year, <laughs> you're gonna be happy you got that forty million dollar player that you can <laughs> rifle one of those big three out of Brooklyn. You can uh, get Harden or something, whoever they don't want. <laughs> All of a sudden, that forty million is looking pretty good and tradable. Yeah. I don't know. It probably probably takes a little more more insight than we have off off the cuff. Yeah, probably. I think it's interesting. Drummond, though. If Drummond immediately. If Drummond gets bought out immediately, a contender picks him up. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he probably still has some trade value because mm-hmm. he's expiring. I agree. And that's an interesting situation. It'll be fun to watch and see what happens with that. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just us reacting to to some news. Uh, as as far as news, one of the one of the non-basketball related items of news kind of relates to Air Force One, the movie. The Mavericks stopped playing the national anthem mm. at the beginning of games this season, and no one seemed to notice until Mm-mm. Mark Cuban tweeted about it. Mm-hmm. thought that was kind of hilarious. They just stopped doing it. They are like, What's that? what was the reasoning behind it? It was... Like, fuck it, we'll just not... Like, he must have been getting, like, pushback from other people about players kneeling, right? Is that what you think? No, I just think he... He was like, fuck uh, it, we just won't play it? I, he It's just... Anno- Every time I've gone to a game and they play it, it just seems kind of... It's just... It, I just kind of feel like, why are we... Why do we have to sit through this again? It was like when I went to catholic high school and we we prayed before every single class we prayed eight times a day because and it's important bo yeah if you i mean i i i recognize that i was paying or i guess you could say my parents were paying for me to go to that school so then you have to do what they say but it it just became the prayer to me just became i was just like this is this i just tuned it out and just kind of didn't even think anything about it mm. i mean i was obviously a budding atheist at that point so at what, the point it becomes something you're just kind of, you just want to get over with well what did cuban say why did did he give a reason what did he say yeah. I, I tuned that i tuned that out too because i because <laughs> <laughs> you have add it's it's very possible it's adhd thank you 
You got attention deficit disorder. You got the hyperactive one? I don't think I actually have ADHD. We don't need to get into all that. <laughs> no, we don't. Yes, we do. I do. You can... <laughs> I'll say this. If if I have to read a book, it it does not go well. But if I have a book on tape, I can listen to it, comprehend it, and give you a book report on it, all that in like less than... 24 hours i can like knock it all out very quickly and understand everything i'm an audio i'm not as good as at learning reading but versus listening like sometimes when i have to when i want to read an article like exactly write something that i want to read and it's like ten thousand words or whatever i have sometimes i had to turn the dictate on on my computer to get through it i didn't know that so, was possible does it, does it help if you read it out loud no, I, I that totally makes it's, it worse. It's interesting, Bo. Um, I have that problem sometimes if it's something I'm not interested in. But I think it's just called being dumb. Mm, no, <laughs> I refuse to. I'm just kidding. Con- concede that. <laughs> You're just no, a big I, dumb. I absolutely <laughs> agree that Jeff is dumb. <laughs> you and me both. We're just dumb. <laughs> Can't read for shit. So Cuban said the national anthem police are out of control in this country. Okay. So he said, I don't know. Yeah, I think I honestly think he was getting pushed back in Texas for having players kneeling, and he's like, you know what? Fuck all this shit. I'm just gonna cancel the fucking national yeah. anthem. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna announce it. We're just not gonna play it. It's thus, taking out the taking a knee, and then uh, fucking let's just play some basketball. Like I, I honestly think that's what it was, but I didn't really read into the story because I just, I didn't, I didn't really care. I was like, whatever. He's not playing the national anthem. I wonder what that's about. He said, he said something about life, systemic race, systemic racism, and yeah, I think he was getting pushed back because he obviously he backs his players. Uh, maybe it was an advertising thing. Somebody that the league is in bed with was giving him pressure. About kneeling. About the about the kneeling, yeah. That's what I think. I could see that. It and I could like, absolutely I could see his reaction being well, okay. It. Fine. Just not gonna play it. Problem solved. It looks like the Mavericks and kneeling. Cuban declined comment and the league said they have to do it. Yeah. So they're they're back to it. The league, yeah, no, the league was like, No, you're gonna play the national anthem. Every fucking team is, every fucking game. And so he has to do it. But I think he just cut out the fucking problem. Like he's like he's getting pushed back from this side and this side. It's like you know what, Christmas is canceled. No more national anthems. This is, knowing how Cuban is, I'm kind of surprised he didn't. You know, once the statement came from the NBA that they were gonna that every team had to play the anthem before every game. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he didn't kind of lean into it mm-hmm. and right. just play like just play the national anthem like 20 times. Right. Like the start of every quarter. And then <laughs> so he plays it over and over. Out, you're yeah. getting the anthem. <laughs> that's the that's the rile you up music during the game. Yeah. Yeah. Luca hits a three. Getting the anthem. That sounds great. Like all these Everybody different versions up. and uh, all these different patriotic songs <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Like surely Dallas has their fair share of uh, country patriot songs. 
I mean, Cuban Cuban's a smart ass. I yeah. can see him. Yeah. I, I can has, see him going to the extreme the other way. It'd be funny. We It'd should be make funny a, for like a game or two. We should make a playlist and uh, send it to him. You know, DM it to him on Twitter. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some uh, was it Lee Greenwood? <laughs> yeah. What would the title have to be like? Top top 10 uh, patriotic songs. Some proud to be an American. <laughs> uh, some Team America theme. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds fun to me. Yeah, I guess we're, I guess we're getting the anthem. Yeah. I do think it's funny that nobody noticed. I mean, granted, there's not you know, I don't know how many people. Texas is Texas. I'm sure they were allowing people into the games. I'm not sure how many, but I think it's funny that it took a certain, it took a little time mm-hmm. for somebody to realize. Like 20 games. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I wonder when they stopped. At some point. Oh well. Anything else on that, Bo? No, nothing on the the Cuban Dallas thing, and the, not there's not much else on the news either. No, not really. I was watching the uh, Boston Utah game for whatever reason earlier this week, and uh, I don't know if I just didn't know or if it wasn't really in the media too much, but uh, I didn't realize they had a new owner. Who Boston? Nope, Utah. Utah. Oh, I think that. Vaguely sounds familiar, yeah. I've got some quick notes on that, Jeff, if you want me to. I know he's 42 years old. They were, like, showing him in the stands. But I didn't, uh, I didn't like, look him up. He looks really young. What's his name? <laughs> For an owner. Or, or uh, governor, excuse me. Yes. Uh, Ryan Smith. I was, was going to guess Joseph Smith because it's Utah, but <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Smith purchased Utah Jazz for $1.66 billion. All right. I uh, was formally approved as the owner uh, by the NBA's Board of Governors Friday. I'm reading all of this just from Tim McMahon from ESPN. He's a tech billionaire. Yeah, apparently he had he had been in talks to by the Timberwolves last year mm-hmm. with the Taylor family. And uh, – Decide, decided against it with my wife. This is a quote with my wife. Something wasn't right. She was putting her foot down. Smith's old ESPN. Mm. She was like, you know, we're jazz fans, right? That's what we do. And I'm not moving. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so I guess he had already had plans on buying a team uh, approached Gail Miller, who controls the controls the Utah jazz. Her family's owned the team for 35 years. Her husband was before he passed was, was beloved in Utah. But, uh, yeah, I guess he was able to he was able to close the deal with her. And uh I mean I think it's a good story. I mean, if he's him and his wife are Utah Jazz fans, I mean they're they apparently are are features at every game. You know, they're they're at every game. So I think that's it's a that's a good story, you know. Fan becomes the owner. Yeah, I think it's fucking awesome. This guy's worth one point three billion dollars. Is that right? Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, good for him, man. I think it's fucking badass. It's like Jordan wealth, I guess. He's not like overly wealthy, like uh, what's his name? Yeah, he's not like he's not like Bezos rich. Yeah, he's not like uh, what's the guy in L.A. the Clippers? Balmer. Yeah, he's not Steve oh, yeah. Balmer rich. That's Microsoft rich. That's Bill Gates rich. But I think it's pretty uh, interesting that 
it's such a young guy buying a team. I think that's pretty cool. I'm for it. Like, he actually goes to the games and shit. It's fucking badass. I thought it was cool when the Grizzlies were bought by Robert Para. You know, being a young guy, he's a fan. He's buying it for the right reason. But that dude has been, like, non-existent in Memphis. Not at games or anything. Yeah, he's off. He's globetrotting, uh, making internet. Which I guess is, you know, his main focus, but... I guess he's left the Grizzlies in good hands, too, though, with good management. But you know what they say. What's that? When the cat's away, the mice will play. Oh. That's why you hire, uh, what's what's his face? Zach Kleiman. Yeah. <laughs> he's the, like, Robert De Niro from Casino. It's like, well, when Greenberg's away, like, uh, technically I am the boss. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think you get to worry about young Zach Kleiman. I think he's he's doing it right. Thought that was pretty cool though. I had no idea. I don't know if I missed it or if I just wasn't paying attention. But forty two year old, that's like uh, you guys' age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in my thirties, Jeff. How? How is it possible? still there yeah i don't have anything else in the news what do you say we move on let's do it now we've got a couple we've got some stuff left to do here (laughs) we've got some stuff to talk about here i was saying last week that we should maybe do our nba player award predictions the season award predictions did you uh have time to do that bo yeah yeah do you believe me this time of course not. Now, Brian, I don't expect you to have anything on this, but you can chime in as you wish. Sure. I've got some ideas. Yeah. I've been workshopping. Okay. I know you knew it was happening, but. Yeah. You know, because we talk over the week about things. Right. We, I knew I knew about we this. And communicate I knew about, about stuff, like hoops stuff and life stuff throughout the week. We talk hoops. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck are we doing here anyway? Maybe you start with MVPs. This is probably my least favorite category because it's the most valuable player. This has been talked up and down in national media. The one player that I want to win MVP is Nikola Jokic. Bo, who do you want to win MVP this year? Oh, you know it's Jokic. He's he's like my he's one of my favorite players. Yeah, it's pretty easy to me. I mean, that's he's so fucking fun to watch. And we did our pick game this week on the Lakers-Denver, so, I, you know, there's more on Jokic later, so I don't want to, like, say everything. But what's not to like? I mean, I feel like when you watch Jokic play, he's so good, and he does things you don't expect him to do. Like, he does things that you would have thought, like, a coach – would have told him like, "Hey, you're not supposed to be doing that, or that's never going to hmm. work if you play that way." But he does it anyway, and it works because he's so fucking talented. Oh, it's it's crazy, and then he'll do some weird step back three, and <laughs> like any normal coach would have stopped him and be like, "No, no, 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 
you're playing like a guard. Maybe you played guard in fucking high school or junior high, but no, mm-hmm. you're a big man. You got to play this way and that way. But for some reason, nobody ever impeded on his progression as a player, and he's just turned into this seven foot guard. It's really amazing to watch, and I watched a lot of him in our pick game this week. Brian, what? Uh, who would your like favorite MVP? Who yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I agree with you with these. I'm going with um, who I want to see win it, not who I think will win it. Right. And I want to see Jokic win it. Mm-hmm. I just I love the way he plays. He he had a comment, I think it was in the post game after the pit game, where he said his strategy for the season was it was pretty simple. It just boiled down to I'm going to shoot it when I'm open, and I'm going to pass it when I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that's just the way he's that's just he boiled it down to that's just how he approaches the game this year. Um, and it's 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 so simplistic, you know. It, it sounds. Very easy to do. A lot of players don't do that. It's aggressive. Um, I just I love watching him play. You don't like you said. You never see a big man play like that. Uh-uh. Uh, I mean, it's it's rare. You, I don't say never, but it's rare that you do. And he's kind of like this hyper stylized, dominant scoring and passing big man. Dude takes um, the ball. He takes a rebound and he brings it up court. It gets, sets the sets the offense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like the Nuggets as a team. I like the way they're set up. They haven't they haven't been as good this year as I thought they'd be. But I just I anytime anytime the Nuggets are on national TV, I try to catch them. They're just fun to watch. They're they're a team that I always check for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean we'll 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 go yeah three for three. Yeah, Jokic. I mean the, the the I mean I think the second the second guy after that would maybe I think Embiid's been really good. Yes. he's on the best team in the East. But I wouldn't pick him over Jokic. Right. Embiid is like the other guy, the other big man that I think could easily win it if he has a strong finish to the season. Obviously, there's a lot of season to play still. Other guys I like that aren't getting a lot of, well, you know, like I said, this is like my least favorite category because it gets fucking talked over and over. It's Braun, it's Curry, it's Luka. I like Damian Lillard. And as much as I hate Chris Paul, like Chris Paul, he might be in that. MVP, he like Richard Jefferson said it during our pick game. He's like, we got to talk about Chris Paul as MVP. Everywhere he goes, he was so impactful, and it turns it, and he's turned the Phoenix Suns into a very good team. So yeah, Chris Paul, but he's at the bottom. I feel like of the conversation. You take Embiid, Braun, or Jokic, or Luca, or Steph, or Damian Lillard. Put any of those guys on any team, and they're going to be impactful and turn a franchise whatever i don't know if uh i think richard jefferson was just trying to uh say that chris paul is an impactful player like an mvp but when you stack him against these guys it, i mean he's got to be at the bottom let's see next next one's a fun one defensive player of the year last year it was Giannis. For MVP and defensive player, Bo, uh, who do you think uh, could win defensive player of the year so far this season? I want to go with Gobert, but I haven't watched. He's won it what twice in a row now. I haven't. Wa- I mean, I watched. We watched the one Jazz pit game, but I haven't. Outside of that, I haven't watched a ton of Gobert, so I don't feel really comfortable giving a a. a 
like a lock prediction. But Anthony Davis has been really good for the Lakers. Giannis has been great. I I don't think Embiid is the guy. I'm going to kind of say between – I think it's probably between Giannis and Anthony Davis, though he did get hurt. We'll see if he comes back and then Gobert because just because Gobert is such a, such a force and the Jazz have the best record in the league. That makes sense. That's probably a smart bet. Gobert. But, again, I haven't like really been able to pay a ton of attention. I wouldn't bet money on it, I guess is what I'm saying. Sure. But – You've got an idea through watching games and listening to people yeah. commentate on games or write about games. Yeah, I think at the, this point, the the league that that we watch now, there's not like there's not a ton of Tony Allen like perimeter perimeter defenders that are just alphas like that defensively. Right. There's a so, there's like a handful of guys like that. Right, and I you know I don't even know how Tony. Tony could fit fit now how how much how much he would actually get playing time right so I I guess if I had to predict I'd say Gobert again three in a row yeah I mean he's number one in defensive rating and the way the league is that if he could stay on the floor for as much as he is and he's essentially a you know a lob threat and a defender on the best team so mm-hmm Rudy didn't win deep boy last year. Oh, was it Giannis? It was Giannis, yeah. Sorry. Giannis, you... Giannis. But yeah. I had to I had to look it up. Um I couldn't remember. Yeah, Giannis, Giannis won MVP and defensive player of the year. I could see Rudy pulling it though, because he's such a good rim defender and he like anybody driving the lane has to against Utah has to worry about him being there waiting. He has a role on defense for them, and I feel like he does a really good job. Gobert is definitely on my list. Uh, another guy that I really like for a possible defensive year candidate is uh, Miles Turner. He's leading the league in blocks right now, blocks per game, 3.4. And earlier in the season, he was like over four blocks per game, which is almost unheard of. I also like Andre Drummond for defensive player of the year. Except he's sitting out till March till he gets uh, bought out. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but he's seventh in the league in steals per game as a big man. To me, that says a lot about his defense and what he's looking to do when he's out on the court. He's looking to create turnovers, have an impact on the game on the defensive end. Another one I like is Ben Simmons. Obviously, he's a great guard. He shuts down shooters. He gets steals. It's like LeBron-level defense with Ben Simmons, the way he can hold players in check. Maybe I was thinking this was something I wrote because I thought it was kind of funny with Drummond and Nance both being on Cleveland. Was Those guys have both been really good defensively for Cleveland, and I thought maybe they could be like co-defensive player of the year. But now that looks like that's not going to happen. <laughs> Because Larry Nance is going to stay in Cleveland. And Drummond is on his way out. Brian, who do you like in Defensive Player of the Year? Well, Jeff, you kind of stole my thunder there with the uh, idea of a co-Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. With Larry Nance and Andre Drummond. (laughs) The Sixers have the Embiid and Simmons combo. 
but mm-hmm. I noticed something when I I looked up the uh, um, some stats because I just, I wanted to see how how Rudy Gobert was looking this year defensively on on you know his metrics, mm-hmm. and I, I saw if you look at the uh, the Raptor stats from five thirty eight, Mike Conley is really really high. Mm. I think uh, I think Mike Conley clearly is known as is a, a really good defender as a guard. I think a Rudy Mike Conley co MVP would be fitting, huh? Just with the run they've been on and the and, and the streak and you know they're leading their conference, but then you turn around and you can make the same argument for for Embiid and Simmons, right? Um, so if, if I'm going with likability, I'm taking I'm taking Rudy and Conley. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it, you know basketball's a team game. The best teams. You know their their defense plays on a, on a string. They work well together, so I do like the idea of a, of a co MVP. Gobert and Conley are kind of are right there on those those Raptor uh, metrics right next to each other. They're both really good. All right. Um, Turner Turner shows up high as well, Miles Turner. But uh, but yeah. no, I like I like Rudy I like Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley. I think that'd be a great co MVP. But yeah, you you definitely you definitely stole my thunder with the idea of a co MVP in Cleveland. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Great minds think alike, you know. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, that would be really cool to have two guys on one team, both get Defensive Player of the Year co. Like, I think that would be cool. I, you, I mean, you think about how the game works. You know, right? I mean, a, a really good defensive guard is going to make a big man's job on defense easier. Yeah, um, to me, Embiid's just not. I don't know. I don't think of his defense when I think of Embiid. He did have a sequence this week that I saw that he he blocked back to back shots. He is a threat around the rim for sure. Good. Embiid has the the highest defensive rating this season on five thirty eight. Damn. On Basketball Reference, it's Rudy Gobert, AD, Marcus Saul, uh, Joel Embiid's number nine hmm. at one hundred four. We know 538 can be wrong. Who so. fucking knows? Well, Conley is like, he's leading the league in plus minus. So I wonder huh. how much that's skewed on that 538. Hmm. That's a good point. These are all good candidates. I would love to see Miles Turner get it. I'm just a big fan of his game. 538 has Miles Turner rated higher than Rudy Gobert. What number? Is it like top 10 or basketball reference has Joel Embiid at number nine and Ben Simmons at number 12. So, I mean, that's two right there around the top 10 co defensive player of the year. Sounds fucking perfect for those guys. Much better than my Larry Nance, Andre Drummond pick. (laughs) (laughs) I was reaching. Probably somebody, most people would say I was probably reaching. No, I mean, it's good to have a, I mean, it's, you know, you don't have this podcast just to, you know, go chalk. Yeah. Right. You want to, you want to throw some different names out there, have different ideas. Actually, I got everything I said backwards. (laughs) Oh no. Rudy Gobert is rated higher than uh, Miles Turner. They have uh, old Jack Pirtle from the Spurs. Is actually their number one rated defensive player, followed by Clint Capella at number two, and then uh, Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley at three and four. Oh, so that's all right. That's where that's where I got my idea of the co the co defensive player of the okay. year. Okay, 
Mike Conley and Miles Turner and Christian Wood are actually tied at fourth with their ratings. Interesting. All right. I don't even see Ben Simmons on here. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder what that's all about. Don't matter. Bo, you got anything left on defensive player or are you going to go on? I'm good. Okay. Next up would be the rookie of the year. Last year. That's, that's It's done. That you it's think over. it's over? Last year it was Ja Morant. Who's better than Ja Morant in the league right now? Kevin Durant. Rookies. Oh, the rookies, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> LeBron James. I'd rather have John Morant than LaMelo Ball. Okay. So no one. There's no rookies that are better than John Morant. I would say not, and I think we have huh. all agree on our rookie of the year prediction based on your response to my LaMelo Ball comment. Yeah, I mean, LaMelo's running away with it. He looks like the real deal. The only thing about LaMelo that I am curious is if he actually can get better or if this is like all he's got. <laughs> I can't imagine this is I mean what what 19-year-old or whatever he is shows up in the league and is like well that that's who's actually really good and that's all they, that's all they got. I don't know. The one guy that comes to mind is Brandon Jennings where he didn't really get like a whole lot better. But he did get injured. He had like but the he was blown Achilles. Super inef- but Jennings was like high usage and super inefficient. Like, let's go look back at his like, PER. Well, the thing the thing that comes to mind to me with Jennings and Lamelo is that they were just more NBA ready when they got there than guys that played fucking whatever six or twenty games of college basketball, whatever it was. And um, yeah, Jennings was good the he- first. Three years in the league. He played I mean, overseas. Based on his numbers, at least. Yeah. He played overseas. He was just more NBA ready. Didn't necessarily translate to him becoming, like, the next LeBron or anything like that. And I don't know if it's fair to even say any rookie, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I don't know if LaMelo just looks good because nobody knows what he's going to do because he's a rookie. And he's maybe he's more of a risk taker because he's 19. He's going to have to keep, like, I love what Lomelo does when he attacks the rim. I don't know if that holds up. Sometimes guys stop attacking the rim when they get a little older. I don't know. I like Emmanuel quickly. I like Tyrese Halliburton. I like Wiseman. Even Desmond Bain is in the top 10 from Memphis in the uh, Vegas polls for rookie of the year with LaMelo. Like, yes, he's definitely better than all the other rookies because he's already played professional basketball, which makes him the rookie of the year, I guess. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think LaMelo's running away with it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's at this point, it's his to lose. I mean, if, if you wanted to make the argument that, you know, down the line we'll look at Tyrese Halliburton or mm-hmm. James Wiseman or Anthony Edwards and say they'll have a better pro career, okay. Like, you know, we can we can have that argument. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel but quickly. He's, been, he's been really good. He's been really, really good, especially yeah. especially since he's been inserted in the starting lineup. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a small sample size, but I mean, that's every, every rookie of the year award is based on a small sample size. You know, it's one season. So yeah, we got more um, time too. 
But I mean, yeah, I mean, watch Lamelo's. He's fun to watch. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, I've, I've, he's had some crazy outlet passes. He just carries the ball really, really well. He looks comfortable out there, and he's been pretty good. He looks, he looks electric out there. You know, I think he looks like what we thought his older brother Lonzo was going to be. Yeah. Which, who, by the way, isn't is not a bus. I hear a lot of like the Lonzo is a bus talk. <laughs> He's not Anthony Bennett. <laughs> He's a serviceable <laughs> NBA player. <laughs> Anthony Bennett. No, Alonzo, he'll play 15, you know, 10, 15 years in the league easy. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah, Pat, Pat, Pat's going to lose money on that bet. <laughs> what was his bet? Uh, Pat bet that Alonzo would be out of the league in five years. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> that was just sheer hatred of probably uh, – the bald dad, whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah, I think it was. It may have. It, he may have committed to that pretty late at night as well. <laughs> well so we'll cut him some slack. What, what but it's their, on the record. What was their dad's name? I, I can't even remember. Lavar. Lavar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Haven't heard much from him in Charlotte. No. There hasn't been a lot of. Uh, He's actually running for mayor of Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. I, I ain't never lost. You think that's uh you think that's the Jordan effect in Charlotte? Yeah, I think I you think, think you think MJ's just like you can just shut up. <laughs> don't say a word you can't don't come in the locker room. <laughs> no no way. He he like Jordan's handlers just talked to Lamar Lamar Lavar and uh said no. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the season's only like, uh, it's not even halfway done yet. So I just thought it would be fun to kind of go through these. Oh, I like it. I think it's cool that Desmond yeah. Bain's getting some, uh, what do you call it? Attention? Notori- no, notoriety. Yeah, he's getting a little notoriety. Sure. Desmond Bain. Yeah, he goes into Bolanos on Germantown Parkway and they're like, hey, it's Desmond Bain. Halliburton. Get him quickly. a slice. Hey, Halliburton and Quickly are making a fucking push at it, though. You're right when you say that it's LaMelo's award to lose. I wonder what Halliburton would look like on a on a different team um, because he plays the same position as Deer and Fox. Right. So I kind of wonder if – I mean, I, I'm not making the argument that he's being held back at all, but I just wonder if his numbers would be a little better. But, I mean, numbers aside, he's looked good on the court. Or know, maybe they'd Halliburton be – He's looked like a player, you know. Or maybe they'd be worse because he'd be the center of attention. People maybe. are already paying attention to De'Aaron. You have to guard him, so that frees up Halliburton. I don't know. Yeah, Halliburton gets to come off the bench and you know second playmaker. Do, do yeah, do his thing against uh against bench lineups. So yeah, let's move on to six man of the year. Last year it was Montrez Harrell, who could fucking win it again. It's gonna be tough. Could he win it again? Not with the uh, – I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to see who the Lakers start with Anthony Davis out. Somebody's got to slide into that that starting position. Is it Markeith Morris? Is it – Coos? Is it Montrez Harrell? Yeah, it might be Montrez. I mean, how many games do you have to come off the bench to be eligible? That is information that I do not have. Especially in like a weird shortened season too. Yeah. what That's all out the, out the window. I'm sure there's – some number, but 
Well, let me maybe tell you. It's, um, maybe instead of minutes off the bench, they go by minutes with a mask on. There you go. Six man of the year. Sorry, you didn't wear your mask enough this season. You are not eligible for six man of the year. I'm looking at Kyrie right now, and he's got his nose exposed, so he's not going to win six man of the year. The teammate of the year has the most minutes on TV screen wearing a mask. <laughs> I think it's Jordan Clarkson. That's my sixth man. Yeah, he he had forty points tonight. By the way, who? Jordan Clarkson did. Ooh, that's big. Off the bench he, uh, or did he start? He's off the bench. Thirteen to twenty-eight. Hot damn! From the field, eight for thirteen from three. Yeah, and forty points, two steals, and nothing else. Yeah, I don't care. That's my sixth man. Yeah, uh, I would agree. My, my, Here's your Utah Jazz X Factor, yeah. Dude, that's really good. I mean, he's always been a good six man and, and I think he even started for a little while in his career. You know, I I'm you know, the Jazz have had have been very healthy. And Utah and the Mormons are kind of cultish in general. And you know, I'm sure you guys have noticed like Mississippi as far as their vaccine rollout, like pretty much anybody could go get a vaccine if you were from Mississippi and you just told them you, you told them you were a smoker. Like two months ago, you could get a vaccine if you were a smoker in Mississippi. Hmm. So I'm guessing the whole jazz team is just fucking vaccinated. So they're just rolling. <laughs> Might be right. I think they are. Market efficiencies and inefficiencies. Mm-hmm. Tech billionaires. Yeah, fuck it. You do you do what you can to get an edge. Vaccinate know? everybody. Can we all well, just that's the point. it? That's the point now. Anyway, we don't we don't need to get into vaccines. No, we discussion. don't. Hey, my runners <laughs> up are Brandon Clark and uh get this. Derek fucking Rose, sixth man of the year in New York. And He's, Detroit, his time in Detroit. How about that? I can't say enough about Rose, but I think it's Clarkson. Yeah, probably. But, yeah, Derek Rose is a he's a fun name to throw around, but it's Clarkson's. It's Clarkson, but as, as of now, but what if Derrick Rose really fucking brings this team together in New York and they make the playoffs? I don't know. Yeah, but what if Jordan Clarkson's dropping 40 off the bench and the Jazz have the best record? <laughs> He's sixth man of the year. <laughs> so That's we're, it, we're yeah. going with Clarkson. All right, fine. Let's move on. Most improved player. Last year it was Brandon Ingram. This year, Bo, who do you got? Desmond Bain. No, um, where did my list go? I just lost my damn list. <sighs> this is why. This is why. <laughs> uh, that's why you print it out. This is why you print it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think about think about how easy Bo would be for you to Just... rifle through thirty sheets of paper <laughs> to find your answer. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is it's on the back of the sheet over here. <laughs> it's on the back of the uh, pick game. I think uh, I got this article on Steve Nash. I printed out. All right, so I've got my list <laughs> back here. What what was the award again? MVP. No, we've except gone for through. most improved player. Uh, most improved. MIP. Here's a V and improved. MIP. It might it might be who? Oh, I don't know. All right, I'll start. I guess it would, it'd be Shay. Okay, he's at the bottom of my list. I got four guys. All right, go ahead. That's it? That's all you got, Shay? All right, fine. Jeremy Grant, Detroit. 
That's a yeah, most improved. I, that's a good one. He's coming from playing off the bench in Denver and being a key player in the bubble for them. Goes yeah, to Detroit. The worst team in the league. I don't think that matters. Most improved player. Look at the numbers. Did I write them down? Yes. Last year. <laughs> Last year, 12 points, three rebounds, one assist. This year, 23 points, six rebounds, three assists. He's almost doubled his production. That's my most improved player. Also, give props to Christian Wood. Almost doubling his production. Went from 13 and six to 23 and 10 a game. And I also think Keldon Johnson should have his fucking name thrown in there because I'm a big fan of Keldon Johnson and then SGA too because SGA is the man in Oklahoma and they've been okay. They've been all right with him leading the way. I don't have his numbers, but every time I look at a score or watch a game with Oklahoma playing, they're like hanging in there. They're not terrible. Not as bad as I thought they would be. A lot of that's Al Horford, but SGA too. What do you think? What do you think? I like that you picked Wood, though he's hurt. Yeah, I like that you also had, even though the team sucks, <laughs> I, c- I can dig Jeremiah Grant. He's made some improvements, mm-hmm. obviously. Look at his numbers. Uh, yeah, I, I, can, I can't argue with what you have to say there. I agree. All right. I've got one to throw out there. Let's hear it. So I think uh, Jeremy Grant and Christian Wood – and SGA are all good picks. Uh-huh. I think with those players last year, we saw each of them. We saw potential in them. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, SGA started games, but Jeremy Grant and Christian Wood weren't known commodities at starter. I think we saw enough of them that we knew with those guys starting, their numbers would go up. We saw the potential in them. Uh, I'm going to throw out Kyle Anderson because I feel like uh-huh. even with his experience in the league, he came out of nowhere this year. Granted, he's he's playing a lot of minutes. Um, he's had to due to injuries on the Grizzlies. I didn't see this Kyle Anderson coming at all. Right. I didn't see him being one of the best players on the Memphis Grizzlies. I know he's had issues with uh, surgery recovery. He said that his, his shot feels better this year. He feels like he's fully healed. He had the, uh, what is it called, the thoracic outlet surgery. Thoracic outlet surgery. Thoracic. Thoracic. Okay. It's his shoulder surgery. It feels like his, his, his his shot is a little more clean this year, Mm -hmm. but yeah, when I, when I look at guys who kind of, I don't, I hate saying coming out of nowhere because Kyle's a good player. Um, He was, he was a linchpin on that, on the really good Spurs team for a while, but yeah, I just, I want to throw his name out there because I feel like with those, with those other three, and I feel like you guys would agree with increased minutes, their numbers are going to go up. I don't think we saw that with Kyle Anderson this year. No, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys disagree. No, not at all. I no, love it. I, I really like it too. He, I mean, he's one of my favorite players. I was just looking at the thoracic outlet surgery images here. Sorry, I got <laughs> caught up in this. It's a rib resection, is what they do. Pretty. Oh, is that like the uh, is that like the Marilyn Manson thing where they? No, that they that, take a rib out so you can suck your own dick. Well, that would hmm. be lower. This was up on the shoulder. Gotcha. So, hmm. 
I don't know how that would work for slow mo. We'd have to ask him. This guy has got a scar kind of up in his shoulder. This is a gnarly looking surgery. Wow. I'll have to watch it on YouTube later and get, see if I can do one. If we're going to talk Marilyn Manson, we're going to have to call Evan. <laughs> yeah, that's a gnarly surgery that he had. I can't, that recovery must have sucked. Yeah, I think it took some time. And I think now, we said this a couple weeks ago or whatever, but I think yeah. now we're just seeing healthy Kyle Anderson. Man, I think that's that. just all it is. Like the, the, the reason he's improved so much, Brian, is because he's just uh, – this is just what he's supposed to be. Yeah. This is him healthy. I think he's been playing all fucked up and not right. Is why he's improved so much. You give a guy an award because he's healthy? Sure. Oh, you made it. You're healthy. Like Vince Carter, his second year in Memphis. Like, oh, you were terrible last year, and now you're really good because your ankle actually works. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I looked looked it up, Bo. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, you've obviously not watched a whole lot of YouTube surgeries like I have. Oh, that's brutal. Why would you do that? Give Kyle the award. (laughs) Give it it to to Kyle. Give it to Kyle. (laughs) He earned it. He he did that? (laughs) He was awake for that? No, no, he he went under general (laughs) anesthesia. I'm just kidding. They cut like a whole big hole in your shoulder to get to it. Well, they gotta they gotta get to it. They can't, yeah. they can't not get to it. Gross. So you were asking me why I've watched a lot of YouTube surgeries? Yeah. I guess. Well, my wife's a surgeon. She's gotta learn somehow. Are you uh implying that you're smarter than your wife? No. <laughs> that she in her training prior to not necessarily doing a big case on her own, but prior to big cases, she would she would watch. There's a lot of surgery videos that come out of India, and so we would watch all these surgery videos out of India. So I've watched quite a few surgery videos because she need she just needed to watch a video to be familiar with the anatomy and the procedure, and then she'd go in as a training physician to to assist in that surgery, and then she would have you know visual. And kind of, you know, how, how, how it goes, what you're supposed to do, complications, et cetera. So hmm. I've watched a lot of surgery videos. Okay. I usually watch, uh, like, other videos. <laughs> <laughs> He's usually watching, like, Sopranos clips. Dude, I yeah. restarted Sopranos last night. <laughs> oh, man. Well, why did I do this? It gets the it gets so much better after the first season too. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm looking at rewatch these, uh, Sopranos again. Surgery. What? Looking at these thoracic outlet surgery picks. It's gnarly, I dude. think. I think you give it to Kyle. <laughs> he wins it. Okay, that's crazy. I mean, you can also you have to you have, you can make the argument with Kyle Anderson that I mean, when and if Justin Justice Winslow ever plays basketball again. Right. Do you insert him in the starting lineup over Kyle Anderson? I don't know. Or is he the most improved player next year? Winslow. God, I, I really <laughs> hope that he's available for that award because that means that he's playing basketball. And still. The Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. It's still, uh, yeah. Hmm. All right. Let's, pen- let's pencil him in for next year. <laughs> I 
keep thinking every time I send this link, I'm like, I wonder if Evan's going to join this time. (laughs) 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 Like, I wonder if he's drinking right now. (laughs) It's getting a little later. (laughs) He's just going to jump in at the end. We're going to work tomorrow. Let's go. It's getting a little later. He might be a little looser on his uh, decision making. <laughs> James Posey. <laughs> That's fucking so awesome that you saw that uh caller ID for James Posey. Immediately pulled my phone out. Yeah. It was a lady. Hold it on. It's not James Posey. Before I answer this. <laughs> yeah. Got a picture of your name on the caller ID. <laughs> yes. Where you at, Bo? You're holding us up. I bet he's peeing again or getting a ham. Probably. This guy is never prepared. I put a catheter in before every single episode. <laughs> Just peeing a Budweiser bottle. <laughs> I've been peeing. How many you got left? <laughs> uh, probably like I had a few today. After I got the water running, I was like, all yeah. right, it's Budweiser time. It's 5 mm-hmm. p.m., whatever. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, that's nightmarish, man. To turn your faucet on and nothing happens. Try to flush your toilet and nothing happens. Oh, yeah. I, dude, I immediately was like, oh, no. <laughs> why is it? Why? Oh, no. Fuck. I just woke up. I'm not even awake, really. You're gonna have to go to the go to the store and take a dump. <laughs> I don't. Well, you know, Alexa spent the whole day trying to melt ice on a stovetop. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much snow it takes to fill up, like even like a four ounces of yeah. water. <laughs> it's like a five gallon bucket of snow converts to a, maybe a cup of. That's hilarious. Water. <laughs> Dude, but hey, did she did she get the driveway clear? <laughs> she didn't get shit clear, bro. <laughs> she didn't get anything done. By the she time I had the water, get me a gallon of water <laughs> before she even had the water. The snow boiled down to water. I had the water on. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, oh, Bo. You missed it. Alexa Alexa was boiling snow this afternoon to try to fill up the toilet tank so we could flush it. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like so much snow and it was taking forever and it was making like a cup of water at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, all right, moving on. Coach of the year. I'm curious, who wants to go first? What do you think? Uh, I'm going, I mean, I'm probably going chalk here, so I'll go first. Go ahead. I'm I'm going either Quinn Snyder or Doc Rivers. I give Doc Rivers a slight edge because he's a new coach for the team. And the Sixers are leading the Eastern Conference. All right. Um, I think it's impressive that he, that he came in in his first year and he seems like he's got him, he's got him humming over there. But then again, you know, Quinn Snyder's nine and one out of his last 10 games. He's got the Jazz going. Um, I mean, the Jazz are no commodity. They're a good team. Uh, but I don't think any of us thought that they would be better than the Lakers. I mean, it's early in the season. That can change. But No, no uh, dude. Quinn, uh, I'm just going to add one thing to Quinn, is that 
Coach Snyder built that fucking team up. Yeah. He that team is a representation of all the years he's been there and continued to progress as a team. They've taken steps every year to get better and better and better. I love the Quinn Snyder nomination. Doc, yes. He goes from L.A. He goes to this team in Philly that's kind of been up and down. Brett Brown didn't do a great job, and he joins that team, and they're all, like all of a sudden Embiid is just crushing. Him and Ben Simmons are co-defensive player of the year. Like, yes, Doc and Quinn. I love both of those nominations. I think the Sixers, <clears throat> they did really well taking going with, with Doc Rivers instead of Mike D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. I think that was the right move for them. <clears throat> hmm Doc was a steal. Like, the Philly was so lucky to just to fucking get them, I feel like. Get him, I feel like. I feel like the Clippers fucked up, but whatever. Uh, Bo, we've talked about this in the past. You thought mm-hmm. Ballmer just wanted to bring in his own guy or whatever, but I don't think you let a guy like I don't know. Maybe he handled the Kawhi situation poorly. I don't know. Uh, they lost big in the playoffs last year, so maybe it was time. But what a steal for Philly! I felt like anybody else, Brian. No, that's it. I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any dark dark horse candidates for that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I like I Quinn. Yeah, I think it's the coach of the best team in the West or the coach of the best team in the East. You know, excellent. Oh, who you got? I think unequivocally it's Quinn, not to Quinn equivocally, but <laughs> I, I just think I just think that, <laughs> 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 I just think that the. I mean, if if we look up at the end of the year and they're the best team like they are, then he's going to win coach of the year. And yeah. now does that change when it comes out that they have all been vaccinated? I don't know. But I'm going to keep my tinfoil hat on for that that theory. All I don't year. think it'll matter. Whatever. No. Shame, shame. You shouldn't have done that. Uh, it will take away a second round pick three years from now. <laughs> Um, do you know I mean, what you think about it in, in a way? Rudy Gobert might have, you know, kind of vaccinated all of them. It's true, well, in a way, or Donovan. Yeah, you don't know who we talked. Jeff and I talked about this. That we don't actually know. I, yeah, nobody knows. Maybe Donovan gave it to uh, to Rudy. Gobert. There's no fucking. But Donovan, Donovan wasn't. And they're touching everybody's shit in their lockers, you know. So right because Rudy was doing everything correctly at that point. He didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Look, <laughs> listen. <laughs> back, back, back to back to coaches. <laughs> coaches. So Quinn, Quinn, Doc. All right. I got a couple dark horses. Steve Nash is still highly ranked in the uh, Vegas odds for Coach of the Year. Thought that was interesting. That's just. They're just Vegas doing Vegas things, I would say. Okay. I don't hate Steve Nash. I'm still a big fan of his. And uh, he's gotten a little scrutiny from, like, fans, but not really from the media so much. Uh, I'm still on the uh, Steve Nash side of things. I think he's a great coach. I think a lot of the problems that the Nets are having are uh, effort issues, and uh, Jeff Green is on the team. But – 
<laughs> I, my real dark horse for the na- for the uh, coach of the year is uh, New York's Tom Thibodeau. The Knicks are now in sixth place. They're hovering right around uh, five hundred. Who would have thought this was going to happen? Is what I would say. Like the Knicks have been bad for so long. I think you have to give Coach Tibbs all the credit in the world for this team being good again. I kind of thought Billy Donovan was looking good for a coach of the year. Their record's a little worse than the Knicks. They're in ninth place at 11 and 15. So right now, as it stands, Donovan's kind of out of the running. The Bulls, I feel like they should be better than their record right now. So... I like Tibbs. I like. Uh, I love Quinn Snyder, Coach Snyder. I love Doc Rivers. Yes. Also, I want to throw this one guy's name in the in the ring. Uh, Monty Williams for the Suns. He's made it work. It hasn't not worked with Chris Paul mixing in with the young guys. What they've been able to do, the games they've been able to win. They're in fourth place in the West, 17-9. and That's no joke. It's only uh, four and a half games behind Utah, who we're saying has the coach of the year. So I think Monty Williams deserves a lot of credit for the way he's handled the situation in Phoenix and bringing in a brand-new starting point guard and running everything through him and just making it work. That shit can go sideways fast if if you got the wrong coach, I feel like. So I think Monty Williams deserves some recognition. I see your point, Jeff, and uh, and I like Monty and I like Steve Nash too. Yeah. Um, but I did not give those teams attention because of like you said, they added they added players. Uh-huh. Uh, Utah and Philly didn't really add anybody mm-hmm. substantially. Uh, you know, the Suns add Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. They added uh, Jay Crowder. Um, and then the Nets added everybody they added. Um, they right. got a healthy KD this year. That's a good point. They add James Harden. I mean, there is a point There is a point to be made that those coaches have to manage personalities. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, looking at those guys and looking at Quinn and, and Doc, I see coaches that they didn't add, they didn't add a lot of talent to their team. Right, you know they're they're doing a little more with the same roster they had last year. Sure, sure. Um, and then both of those guys are first place in the conference. Uh, Doc being with Philly and Coach Quinn with Utah. I mean, both those teams are in first place in their conference. Yeah. Did you already say that? It's. I think it's been said a few times. <laughs> 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 but no disrespect to Monty Williams and Steve Nash. I think Steve Nash is going to be. I think he's going to be a really good NBA coach. He's well respected in the league by players. Uh, you don't run into a lot of a lot of people in the NBA that have a bad word to say about either of those guys. Right. Um, Monty's got more experience, but yeah, I mean, you had you had a player like Chris Paul, and then to a lesser extent, Jay Crowder. Yeah, you're adding some veteran leadership there. Good point. Then and and I I realize that you know Quinn more than doc has actually fucking been there and he's like i don't want to say groomed but he's built this team (laughs) he has 
brought these players up to be who they are for the most part. I mean, they got Jingles and Donovan and Rudy Gobert. He's been there for the whole fucking thing, you know? Yeah, I think Quinn Snyder's a guy that even even if Utah doesn't doesn't make it over the hump and down the road they they blow it up or whatever, they trade players and they switch it up. I think Quinn's a guy whose job is still gonna be pretty secure in Utah. I like yeah, I think you're right. I mean twenty two and five, man. Five losses. They're at eight fifteen winning percentage. Yeah. Seven I will say another about, streak. They're on a seven game winning streak. Another yeah. fucking streak. What? They're not in one of their last ten. And I'll say this about, you know, in, in Monty Williams' favor. Uh the Phoenix Suns are also not in one in their last ten. They have the same record as the Utah Jazz in their last ten games. That's right. The Suns are rolling right now. This is fun because we have teams that are kind of out of nowhere. Like Utah's not out of nowhere, but these aren't like the heavily covered teams. These aren't the fucking huge market teams, Suns, mm-hmm. Jazz. And then you have two LA teams. And then you have Portland, San Antonio. Just not huge market teams. This is fun. I like this. <laughs> I like this out of the West. <laughs> if San Antonio sneaks up, right. you know, if they if they get past the Trailblazers, which they're only a half game behind, they're one and a half game behind the Suns. Right. I mean, if the Spurs make a run, do you throw Pop's name in the conversation? I mean, really? I mean, what he's done with the Spurs team with, uh, you know, he's got his two veterans. He's got LaMarcus Aldridge. He's got DeMar DeRozan. But then after that, you know, he's got a bunch of young guys. We, You know, Jeff, you and I spoke at length about the Suns' young guys. or the, I'm sorry, the Spurs' young guys. Last time I was on the pod, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell. Pop's doing it with less than he's ever done it with. So. Right, right. That's the thing. It was like we looked at that Spurs roster at the beginning of the season. We were like, nope, they're not going to. Who make, are these people? They're <laughs> not going to. They're not going to make the playoffs, and here they are, right in the fucking hunt. And Popovich, I mean, he's the third most winningest coach in NBA history. How, how do you not just give it to him every year? He's the only one that's still coaching on this like top ten. Most winning coaches. <laughs> he's the only one still he's always He's got to always be in the conversation. Yeah, you're not wrong. Let's throw Pop in there. Pop, get, put some respect on Pop's name. I think he already gets respect. He's responsible for a really good uh, a really good wine, too. <laughs> he, Pop owns a winery. What, he co-owns what? a winery. A, a to Z Wine Works. Uh, can you and, get that locally uh, here? You can. You can. I drink it. Uh, I actually drink it quite often. Um, what, what kind of wine is that now? They make a Pinot Noir that's really that's really good. You can usually find like the 16 and 17s just anywhere. I usually pick it up at Sprouts. I think they have it at Kroger. Uh, it's around. I like to drink wine um, when I can't sleep. Like, let me uh, gotten, chug a glass gotten, of wine. I've gotten more and more into wine in my old age as I've gotten closer to uh, – Quinn Snyder's age, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, wine's good in the winter because you can drink it warm, you know? Well, you're supposed to drink it. Yeah. I think I think so. Most of it. Unless it's like Red wine. chilled white wine. Anyway. Red wine. Fuck anyway. it. 
All right, Bo, you got anything left on coaches? No. Fine. Let's get the what fuck about off wine? this. <laughs> what about wine? What do you know about wine? Nothing. My kids do it. They fucking do. Right. Oh, my gosh. LeBron James. Cheese butt. Pick game? Yeah, let's get into it, huh? Let's get into the pick game because uh, we're running a little long here, eh? It's snowing outside. I might make it to midnight, but that's it. Fine. I'm I'm hanging up at midnight. Hey, man, there's only like several thousands hours in the week. And my kids will be up in less than an hour, probably. <laughs> Would you put them to bed at fucking noon? <laughs> no, they'll be up at like 630. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our pick game of the week, huh? Let's plow through this shit on, for the sake of of Bo. No, we don't have to plow. We got we got thirty minutes. Been roughly. picking this goddamn cotton. Look, all I've right. been plowing. Here, I'll, how about <laughs> this? I'll I'll go outside and we'll see who lasts longer: the podcast or me outside. <laughs> you go first. All it right. is minus nine outside. Feels like that's cool, man. You're just making this nine. longer. I'm, all right. Bo, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you picked this game last week right i that fucking hated correct. this game i didn't want it i didn't know anthony davis was gonna do his whatever i don't Achilles. care i don't care what you say right now i fucking hated this game i didn't want to do it oh i think we should have waited for like utah versus denver all right all right we went Go with on. hey <laughs> i'm beating you up we went with I can take it shit. I don't know, man. All right. We went with we went with the Lakers at Denver for the pick game. It was Sunday night. Bo, did you watch it? Uh yeah, I did. Good. Brian, did you catch this one? I flipped back and forth um between this game and the Grizzlies Kings game. They both tipped at nine. Kind of poor planning on Bo's part, honestly, to pick mm-hmm. up pick a game that went up against the Grizzlies. It was bad on my yes, it was. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because you know we there's many more podcasts in the future that Bo can do a better job picking games on. So fairly disappointing. But you know we don't look at the rest of the schedule or anybody else's games when we do our pick game. We just go with whatever looks like the best for us at the time. No, so, I'm just saying it's something to look at in the future. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. No, no criticism. No, I'm with you. I'd like to watch the Grizzlies. Yeah. I'd like to hear what Brevin Knight has to say. Well, Bo, that's, uh, I guess that's going to be your job from now on to make sure there's no uh, coinciding Grizzlies games with the pick game. Okay. It's burned into my brain. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I won't be able to sleep tonight. The Lakers run is over. Denver's the better team. Utah's the better team. From here on out has been decided in this game. Will Barton and Gary Harris did not play for Denver. Denver was shorthanded in this game. I thought it was interesting. Uh, the I watched the ESPN call. I don't know what you guys watch. Probably ESPN. Watched Denver. Did you now? Yeah. All right. Good. That'll be a different aspect to it then. I watched it, and it was Mike Breen. And Richard Jefferson on ESPN, which I did not hate Richard Jefferson being on the call. 
Marcus All started the game. I love the Jokic Gasol matchup. Breen said on the telecast that this was the ultimate test for Denver with LA on a seven game winning streak. One thing that was interesting to me was the game only had two refs instead of the usual three. Their uh, crew chief was out because of health and safety protocols. Chocolate City. Right off the bat, Jokic had like eight of the first 11 points. Both teams were playing well. It was a good start to the game, I felt like. The first quarter, the Nuggets had the early league, and then the the Lakers were like cool and calm and running things through Gasol. Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of, I feel like when Gasol's out there, the Lakers kind of take on his affect. They're just kind of, they're kind of flat and ready to roll. It's it's pretty fun to watch. But the you know, Nuggets Nuggets look good and then the, the Lakers push back in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And I did notice that the there was only two officials. That was super weird. And I, I wanted to ask you what you thought about if you were watching the game in real time, if you thought about going and betting on the game in any different way because there's two officials out there. Oh, no, that never crossed my mind. Really? That's the first thing I thought about was you know, officiating plays into a game and how how would two officials play into how a game's going to be officiated and the outcome right so which way i mean how does it affect it then i don't know i don't i don't think about gambling critically as much as you do i, I, was, I just I, I wanted to think i wanted to get your opinion on that i feel like it would be a more free flowing game maybe you take the over on the points okay. So you go for that. Because uh, there's going to be less foul calls, maybe? They're not going to see as much? But I don't know. I, or do I, you think that they're going to they're gonna overreact to maybe thinking they're not going to see as much to calling more, hmm. more things? It's a conundrum. Yeah. I didn't, uh, it didn't come into play for me. I did take Denver to win, though. They did win. Spoiler alert! No, I didn't. I don't. I don't know if that officiating changes anything. I don't know. Off the top of my head, nothing's coming to me. So, hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? I didn't notice there were only uh, two refs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what's your analysis on the first quarter then? Um, at the end of the first quarter, the score was tied. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please continue. Oh no, that's that's it. Oh, okay. All Actually, right. it was tied. You were correct. Marcus Gasol's old number too. I did a little player spotlight during the first quarter of the game because I thought it was important for us to talk about maybe a lesser known player, and the player is THT, Taylor Horton Tucker. Now a lot of people know about this guy by now. But maybe there's some people out there that still don't know. He's the 20-year-old. He's the new guy. He was actually on the team last year, but he didn't really play much. He's 6'4", shooting guard. He's, he's a Chicago guy, all right? So most Chicago guys in the league are tough as fucking nails. This guy was a 2019 second-round pick, 46th overall out of Iowa State. He was part of the Laker team last year. He's a fucking champion, okay? I guess he was like a two-way contract player last year. 
He was drafted by the Magic. He was traded on draft night to the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for a 2020 second-round draft pick and cash, cash considerations. Cash? Cash. Um, he became the second youngest player in NBA history to win a championship at 19 years old. Do you know who the first youngest NBA champion is? No clue. Oh, is it Darko? Yes, Bo, that is correct. It is Darko Milicic. Hey, I got it right. 18.9 years old. <laughs> Magic is third. Trust me, Darko's burned to my brain. The Grizzlies could have had Carmelo. <laughs> yep. But no, Detroit had to take listen, Darko. Listen, I don't know if we have enough time to go down the Darko, Darko road. No, we definitely don't. <laughs> it's a Darko lonely path. <laughs> I feel like you are the one that wants to get out of here on time, but you want to talk about Darko. No, you <laughs> asked the question, and I got it right without even looking it up. Hey, forget about it. So I think I get a little bit of a, uh, hey. Uh, hey. No, I'm good. Congratulations. I'll send you a fucking bomb. Hey. <laughs> congratulations. Listen, THC is good. You've got, when you've got Darko, nobody fucks with you. <laughs> you asked a trivia question, and I got it right. <laughs> I know. I acknowledged it. Now, moving on. I think THC is good. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Vogel says that THC is his secret weapon. Uh, only six regular season of Appearances last season. Stop yawning on the mic. Now, here's the deal with THC. He's a scorer. I think he's very exciting out there. He's fun to watch. He's moving around. He's very active. He's going to be a restricted free agent after this offseason. So it's going to be very interesting, I think, to see if the Lakers keep him. I think it depends a lot on how much interest there is out there. And I do expect there to be a lot of interest. This guy's... uh a young guy that's being kind of groomed by the Lakers to be a champion. I think people are going to try to cherry pick him off their team restricted though. It'll be interesting to see uh, how much it costs for the Lakers to try to keep him. I think they like him a lot, but how much do they like him? It's going to be very interesting. Horton Tucker, Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, they seem to be like the first guys off the bench for the Lakers, and that's a pretty good trio off the bench, I think. And that kind of concludes my THT player spotlight. Uh, getting back to the game, Jokic, man. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. It's like it's almost like nobody ever told him like he's not supposed to play that way. Nobody ever said, no, no, no. You've got to get in the paint and work on some post-ups. <laughs> rebounding he's a fucking guard so fun to watch i mean if you just watch him during any play you'll be entertained whether or not he's uh battling for for position or if he's getting other guys into position it's just a lot he's just such a treat to watch play basketball i feel like the first quarter was very competitive it was uh tied at 33 at the end LeBron gets like one foul called on him and he's complaining, you know? That's the first quarter. Jokic stood out, stood out to mm -hmm. me and then the Jokic-Murray two-man game. Mm -hmm. As the Denver broadcast put it, it's a, their bread and butter and it's just so good. Mm -hmm. 
I can't get enough of it. I could watch Denver play at least once a week, and I'd be fine with it. So going into the second quarter, the game was started getting really fast. It was going really up and down on the court, especially when Jokic was out of the game. Compazzo. Compazzo comes in. Both teams kind of go smaller. It seemed like neither Denver or L.A. have like a traditional backup center for Gasol or Jokic. So when they're out, like both teams kind of go small. Do you guys notice that at all? Like they, there wasn't like, like Memphis has like Gorgie Jang that comes in or, you know, as a backup. Both the Nuggets and the Lakers have big men that you can't, they're irreplaceable. Sure. I mean, you've got Jokic and Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you, you, you can call Mark Gasol the center for the Lakers, but Anthony Davis is the dominant big on the Lakers. So when you take those two dominant bigs out of the game for each team, I mean, who's, you know, you've got to change your style of play because you're taking the two best players off the team. Yeah, but a lot of teams will try to get like a a B-level version of their starter to come in and kind of play the same system. That's not. Yeah, for a while, for a while, um, Denver had um, one of the Plumleys Mm -hmm. that was kind of, that was Jokic's backup. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like Jokic light a little bit, you know? Right. Like a not near as good Jokic, but could still pass and rebound and shoot a little bit. <clears throat> and I think they do have like a, a guy like that that they're kind of trying to bring up. I saw him in the game at the very end when it was garbage time, but I, I didn't, uh, I did not look up anything about that guy though. But I think they, they are kind of like bringing up a backup big stiff. You guys know who this uh, Zeke Nazi is on Denver? Brian, you might know him. He was no. uh, He's a rookie. He's, he was drafted 22nd overall in the draft this year. He's from Arizona, the Wildcats. Hmm. I'm familiar with him. He's 6'11", power forward, 20 years old. Just another fucking solid little slick-ass pickup from Denver, I think. He's been called a very smart player. Motherfucker can shoot threes. He's been called strong, poised, confident. He hit four threes in this game. He's 6'11". It seems like every year they've got one. Like, Manu Bowl didn't even play in this game. Bowl Bowl. Bowl Bowl. <laughs> right. Sorry. Manu Bowl <laughs> definitely <laughs> did not play in this game. Manu Bowl wasn't even, he's not even alive during this game. God damn it. Anyway, <laughs> moving on with the game. <laughs> I thought it was really funny at one time Mike Breen kept getting confused. He kept calling uh he kept calling Jokic Gasol or Gasol Jokic. He kept calling Jokic Gasol, I think. It was like he kept saying like Gasol, Gasol. And it was like clearly Jokic it was goofy as hell. And around the time I noticed that, I noticed uh A D hurt his leg again. It was kind of at the end of the half. Yeah. He did not return to the game. He looked really hurt. You guys saw that happen in the game, right? Correct. He looked really hurt. What were your first impressions when you saw him get hurt? What did you think? I thought it was just kind of a strain. It was kind of one of those. He was it looked like maybe it'd take him out for, you know, a game or two or a week or two. I didn't think it was going to be a month or two. 
Okay. What about you, Brian? Yeah. All the all the talk on on Twitter immediately following the him being taken out was, of course, all the all the MDs on social media. <laughs> immediately, you know, you just see Achilles, Achilles, right. Achilles. It looks like an Achilles. It, you know, he, he tore his Achilles. Right. It's over. Well, he was grimacing and he looked really hurt. So yeah, I mean, it makes he, sense to did, think that he, way. The the way that the way that he kind of hobbled off the court, it looked bad. And I know that in Achilles injuries, sometimes it looks like the actual contact or injury itself doesn't look like much. It didn't mm-hmm. look like much. It looked like he just kind of – it looked like he was cutting around a screen, he was cutting around Jokic, and just kind of planted weird. But I knew that he had had issues with his Achilles so far this year. So I thought, okay, you know, maybe maybe it's something. Maybe it's just a little tweak. I mean, I wasn't ready to – to say he's not going to play basketball for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Right. I was hesitant to really decide how bad it was myself. He did look hurt though, but it wasn't like when it happened to KD where he like grabbed it and held it or anything like that. Where, mm-hmm. Yeah. He just kind of got out of there, but he underwent an MRI today and uh, the results showed no rupture of his Achilles tendon. So I guess it's just like aggravated. He'll be out a while, I bet. I mean, eighty gets hurt. Eighty gets hurt, man. Every fucking year. He's probably gonna be out for a long while this time, though. I can't see them bringing him back as quickly as they did the last time. Yeah, they say they call it Achilles tendinosis. Right. They say they'll reevaluate in two to three weeks. I mean, if you're the Lakers, do you just do you just hold him out indefinitely until it's until it's postseason time. I know, like you have to look at bigger picture, right? Yeah. Like I think he sits for a long time. Probably yeah. not as long I mean, as Jaron Jackson Jr. has been sitting, but probably for a long oh time. Oh boy. <laughs> Jaron Jackson Jr. has been sitting for like half a year. <laughs> I don't think uh, we have a half a year before the finals. I think they sit him for a long fucking time, make sure he's right. Yeah, I think he rests, he rehabs, and I mean, you figure no matter what the Lakers are making, they're going to make the postseason. I mean, as tight as it is, they still have the talent to hold the line. So, mm-hmm. yeah, right. maybe maybe you bring AD back with like you know two weeks left in the season, let him get warmed up, and then uh, and then you go headlong into the into the postseason. I agree. Let's see, we'll talk about Jamal Murray a little bit. We all know Be he's good. We all know he's good. I saw him pull this play at one point in the game. I mean, the guy's an excellent scorer, excellent playmaker. And when the three is falling, I mean, he's unstoppable when the three is going down. But I saw this one play where he was driving to the lane, like almost full speed, and he kind of did like a half step. And instead of like finishing at the rim, he like stopped on a fucking dime and did this like fadeaway floater. I was like, I, I don't know if I've really like seen too much of that where a guy looks like he's driving to the rim and then he stops. Like who can stop like that? Like the point is, is like he has so many fucking moves. You watch a whole game and you never see him do the same thing twice. He just keeps the defense guessing the whole game. You can never anticipate what Jamal Murray's going to do. He's just unpredictable. 
I think that goes a long way in the favor for uh, Denver. It's having an unpredictable point guard. You don't know what he's going to do ever. So many moves. Let's see. Let's move up to halftime. 61-73 Denver at the half. Brian, you and me were talking about this earlier. I was watching a game, and I'm kind of thinking, like, where is MPJ? Michael Porter Jr. So after the game, I pulled up the uh, box scores just to kind of see. Michael Porter Jr. had eight points in this game. Had a couple blocks, which is cool. Three rebounds, whatever. He shot one of seven from three and three of 11 from the field. So he made like two field goals and a three. Two two two-pointers and a three. That's pretty low for a guy who thinks he's the man on that team. Yeah, his shot apparently wasn't on. I I clicked over (laughs) at one point from from the Grizzlies game and saw him just hit this really clean corner three. (laughs) I mean, somebody hit him with it, and he he drained it. And I I thought, okay, MBJ's on. Damn. That looked good. He's killing it. And then, yeah, I looked at the box score after the game. Ooh. And I – I caught the only three that he hit the entire game. You saw the only highlight of his whole That's game. That's it. Yeah. He played 30 minutes. You could argue that Zeke Naji had a better game. Played seven less minutes. Went five of seven from the field. Four of five from three with 16 points. Had the three rebounds. And a steal and no blocks, but whatever. He's a, They were both a plus nine in the uh, – Plus negatives. Does that make Porter expendable, tradable? Maybe. That's one game. Well, they also have Jermichael Green as like a next guy up, backup guy. Maybe Porter Jr. is expendable. I don't know. Maybe it's a sell-high situation for them. I think Denver is feeling depth losses, you know, with Will Barton being out and Gary Harris. This Denver team healthy, I think, is very powerful, though. And they're still playing great and beating teams like ah, the Lakers. Did you see this where Kuz got that put-back yam over Porter Jr.? Yeah. (laughs) That was sick. It was like midway through the third quarter. Porter Jr. wasn't boxing out or paying attention to jack shit, and Kuzma just came up behind him and just fucking threw down the put back on his head. I still think there's a little Coos Porter Jr. thing going on, a little rivalry. I still think those guys don't actually like each other at all. (laughs) I can buy that. (laughs) I think there's something going on there. And if I Coos had a good game, what are you in nineteen and eight? Coos had a great Um, game. Yeah. Off he's, the bench. I think he's he's come a long way as like the he needs to be the kind of do it all dirty work guy. Could he be a six man of the year? Maybe. Sure. If, if he keeps this kind of shit up where he's getting twenty points off the bench, you have to put him into six man of the year conversation. Eight rebounds? Come on now. That's twenty and ten almost. Off the bench. Uh, we'll we'll talk when his shoulder gets ripped open. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <For> surgery. <laughs> Excuse me. Let's see. We can move ahead a little bit. I mean, at this point, I'm just kind of watching Denver, and I'm watching Compazzo 
wheeling and dealing out there. I'm enjoying the game. I'm enjoying watching Denver. Trying not to pay attention to LeBron and all the whining or whatever. Denver had a healthy lead going into the fourth. I think it was like 18 points. You expect a Laker run, but without AD out there, I think the Nuggets can pretty well keep up on offense for one quarter. So I felt confident. I went on my bet MGM app and I doubled down the Nuggets to win. I'm fucking flooding the money line. Denver to win this game. Just getting as much money as I can. (laughs) It worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Breen kept pissing me the fuck off. He kept calling uh, Jamichael Green Michael Green. And then I look over and I see Jason Kidd on that fucking Lakers bench. (laughs) I was like, God damn it, man. (laughs) Why did I do this to myself? Like, why did I allow this to happen? Why are we doing Lakers pick games? Like, are they not getting enough attention already? I just wanted to see the Nuggets beat the Lakers, and I got it. (laughs) What the fuck were we thinking? (laughs) I like like Jokic. Fucking Jason Kidd over there. It was, it was worth watching. It was sure. worth watching. I mean, I'll be honest. Once, once AD went out, and the Nuggets were were holding on to and, and growing their lead. Yeah. I mean, my, I turned my attention over to the Grizzlies game. Sure, understandably, I did the same. Actually, I was watching both games at the same time because I was uh, at work watching two TVs, watching both games. You know, whatever. The way the league is right now. It's a three-point shooting league, and the Nuggets shot 47 threes and made 19 of them for 40%. Oh, that's and what it the, takes. And the Lakers shot 28 threes and made six of them for 21%. You're just not going to – and that, and then you lose AD, and that's the game. And I don't I – don't, I mean, we could – we can pick, the, pick apart the game all we want, and we can talk about how if you got a whole team of composos and slow-mos – that you'd have the G League All-Stars. But, I mean, AD went out, Nuggets hit threes, Lakers didn't, and that was the game. Yeah, there's like a stat about uh, three-point percentages. If you shoot like over 40%, you're like guaranteed a fucking win or something. I'm, yeah, the way there's the ringer, this, this guy on the ringer, who wrote this article? I don't know exactly what the numbers are or what the percentages are for how much you win, but like basically if you're shooting more than or if you're shooting at around forty percent from three in a game, your odds of winning go up exponentially. It's basically a make or miss league at this point. <laughs> it's a shootout. It is. And And anyway. can you defend on the perimeter? I don't know. I could hardly watch the fucking game at this point. Um, I'm pissed that I even fucking allowed this pick game to happen. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, should we move on and pick the next pick game? Well, yes, we can. It sounds like we should. <laughs> I mean, bench guys are coming in at three minutes. Game's pretty much over. Yeah. Yeah. Denver won 122 to 103. I'll take it. Win the money. Always bet against the Lakers. <laughs> I really did enjoy Richard Jefferson on the call, and that's really all I have, really. You want to bump ahead to the pick game? Let's do it. 
And then me and Brian will we'll do some other stuff. Y'all can go on. If you want to bail, you can bail. I don't want to hold Brian to anything either. Yeah, I got, I've got a limited amount of time, but I've got, I can talk some Grizz, and I want to, I want to talk a little G League if we got a minute. Well, goddamn, we can do whatever you want, Brian. Listen, like a like a minute of G League. <laughs> that's fine. Like, if you got something you want to say, this is a fucking the place to do it. This is this is the forum. I'm saying, like, that's the whole fucking point of this. So you're saying you don't want to watch the Lakers Timberwolves on Tuesday night for the pick game tomorrow? <laughs> I didn't know it was on. I feel like we shouldn't even. <laughs> I feel like Tuesday is a bad night for pick games mm. because of when the pod comes out. Because the pod sometimes think, isn't even out by Tuesday night. I think. Friday. I think when. I think Wednesday on. Yeah, Wednesday. There's well, Thursday's the big games. Get a load of this, Brian. All my games are from Thursday on. No. Uh, I'm going to skip Wednesday then. <laughs> what did you see on Wednesday? What's your favorite one? There's a lot of games Wednesday. Yes. Bunch of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> What's competitive? Nothing. Oklahoma City, Memphis. Um, Portland, New Orleans. That's it. All right. San Antonio, Cleveland. We've done San Antonio. We've done Cleveland. I'm not interested in doing another Cleveland game. Not right now. Yeah. Bo, what do you think? I like that that Grizz Suns game, but that's I'm gonna watch that regardless on Saturday. Saturday? Okay, let's go two stars. Let's I up. kinda and I also kinda like that late game on Saturday, that Wizards trail, Trailblazers because Westbrook's back and they, they won tonight against Houston. So I kinda if the Wizards are healthy come Saturday, that's an interesting game to me. I gotta have CJ. Yeah, well, you're not gonna have CJ, but if you have Westbrook and Beal, I think that's interesting. It 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 is, but if I'm watching the best backcourt in the East and the best backcourt in the West, I want it to be fully there. Yeah, I got you. All right. To me, that's the whole thing. It's that backcourt matchup. Yeah. What else? I don't know. It's, I see a lot of like repeats. The Pelicans have struggled, but. You know, the Pelican Suns is interesting, but that's kind of a repeat. Clippers Jazz is the main game on Friday night. All right. Clippers Jazz will put two stars. Okay. To me, like, I kind of want to watch a Sacramento game. We just saw the Grizzlies play Sacramento. Mm hmm. Um, I want to kind of get a little more into it. I don't know. Thursday, Miami plays Sacramento. All right. Well, did not expect that one, but that. Yeah. That's like a lower key game. Miami's trending up in health. So Yeah, I want to watch uh more Halliburton and De'Aaron backcourts. Another one that stands out to me is at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I want to kind of watch San Antonio versus New York on Saturday. Sure. See I see uh Sunday Minnesota plays New York, and I think that could be fun. Because you've got Tibbs playing his old team. You know what? That was my. Uh, I have that one. That's the only game from Sunday that I like. Three stars. Bo, you said you like Utah Clippers. Let's move that up to three stars. Yeah, but if you guys want to, I mean, I don't want to suggest a Wolves game because they're so terrible. But if you guys want to watch a Wolves game, well, I'll I kind of want. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I want to watch a Wolves game. I kind of want to sure. watch and see if Tibbs. Uh, 
I want to see how bad he wants to beat them. If he there's any like animosity, or like well, he's, of you course. can tell Tibbs is Tibbs is old school. He's gonna want to beat the shit out of him. If he fucking runs the score up, you'll know. <laughs> I kind of want to see that. I want to see how he reacts playing against sure. Minnesota. I don't know if there's a lot we'll take away from the game uh, other than that angle. <laughs> what else? Dallas plays Houston on Friday. New look Houston. We haven't done a post James Harden Houston. I don't even know if Old Depot's going to be out there. I don't. He either. missed a game. I just got dizzy. Uh, let's see. My, uh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> No, no. Uh, I I had written down Saturday Miami's playing the Lakers. I just not nah, we'll scratch that out. It's the finals rematch, but I just know not gonna want to watch that. Suns Pelicans Friday. So right now we've got. I'm gonna take Saturday's Spurs Knicks game out. Utah versus Clippers, Phoenix versus Memphis, or Minnesota versus New York. I mean, I'm down for the Wolves. Okay, we'll keep that one in then. Which one do we take out? Utah Clippers, Phoenix versus Memphis. Probably Utah Clippers, just because. Yeah, we take it out. It's gone. Brian, what do you think? Should we watch Knicks T-Wolves or Suns Grizz? I'm all for Suns Grizz. I am too. I think that's the better game. Have we had a Grizz pick game yet? No. We were going to, and they got health and safety out. That's right. There. That's it was right. going to be Portland. It was going to be the mm-hmm. bubble rematch. All right, fuck it. Let's do it. All right. I may check in on that Minnesota-New York game, though. Need to watch some Wolves. I haven't watched any Wolves this year. I'm going to check in. Honest. I'm definitely going to look at the final score of that game. No. <laughs> 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 to see if Tibbs ran it up. <laughs> We've got free league pass this week, so well, so right. I can watch that game. Oh, yeah, that's that's noteworthy. League pass for the NBA is free this week. We'll, uh, we'll touch on it. We'll oh. watch uh, we'll watch Suns Grizz, but we'll touch on uh, Minnesota, New York. Yeah, I think it's a good idea, assuming you'll be here next week. That's an open invitation. I can, I can call the hotline at very least. That's what you said last time. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All right. Phoenix, Memphis, Saturday night showdown. I feel feel like it's unfair to Memphis because they don't have a complete roster. And all Phoenix is missing is like nothing. It'll be fun to watch Phoenix anyway. And uh, we'll see if Memphis can keep up against one of the best teams in the West right now. Excellent. Thank you for your help. What do we want to do? You want to stay or go? I got to go. I got to go to sleep. All right. Thanks, guys. Bo, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. This has been a long one. I understand you have to go. You've got other things to do. Sleeping to do. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Bo, take it easy, man. Be safe. I got to get up early. All right, guys. Good luck. See you, Brian. Good See luck sweep. sleeping. Uh-huh. Sweeping. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Good luck sweeping your your uh, snow up because you guys don't have snow shovels. Ha 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 ha! <laughs> I ain't got no shovels, man. I got yeah. a lawnmower. <laughs> that would work. It's actually you should 
fire it up and see what happens. Go mow the sidewalk. It'll blow it out. All right. See you guys. Night night. Here we are. Brian. It's just you and me again. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, some people show up to work on snow days and some people don't. I feel like Bo's wouldn't show up to work if it was snowing he'd, outside. He'd call in. He'd, he'd call, call in. He'd call in. Can't get his car out of the driveway. Um, I'm just not comfortable leaving my family at home, and I don't know if how safe it would be for me to come into work. Fine, don't come in. Don't stick it out to the end of the podcast. It's fine. Uh-huh. All right. You said you had something on the G League. You want to get into it? Yeah. Let's do a got, random shit with Brian. I got, hey, random shit with Brian. This week, this week's edition of random shit with Brian. Um, been watching some G League this week. It started so up. The, the bubble. The G League games, are they're in the bubble. They're bubbled up. Yeah. These games are all on uh, ESPN Plus. You have ESPN Plus membership. I purchased it to watch the Memphis Tigers basketball and football teams. The conference that the Memphis Tigers play in, uh, they signed a deal with ESPN. Um, so a lot of their a lot of their games are on ESPN Plus, which is ESPN streaming service. But all of these G League games are uh, broadcast on ESPN Plus. They're doing one a day on okay. ESPNU. So they'll pick a marquee matchup from the day and put it on ESPNU. The Memphis Grizzlies have an affiliate, the Memphis Hustle. They're down there in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, I plan on watching some of their games this week. The G League's fun. You know, it's a step up from college. College basketball it's a little better product. Is it? That's an They're opinion. Or like, it, uh, wait, wait I mean, explain that to me. Why is it better than college? A, it's an opinion okay. um, that I believe to be a fact. Okay. Uh, I just think the level of competition is a little higher, you know, as with any, as with anything, you know, you talk about how players in college, you whittle down the best players in college and they move on to the NBA. So it's the, it's the same with the G league. You're not getting quite the, you're not getting a level of talent that you get in the NBA. Right. Um, but in the G league, you're watching high the cream kid. of the crop from college or high school that aren't yet in the NBA. Yeah. Some of them are just high school kids. Yes. Let's be fair. Um, and that is the, the team that I focused on this week was the G League Ignite team that you right. and I have discussed in the past. Right. This is the team that they kind of created. It's a new team this year. And I, I don't describe it as an all-star team, but they kind of got to pick and choose some of these guys coming out of high school that for one reason or another decided not to play in college. Watch most of these games at work, so I haven't been able to really, really focus. I've watched um, none. I've watched zero. <laughs> the games that I've watched have usually come on about two o'clock. Uh, most of these games have come on, on on ESPNU, and they the broadcast starts at two o'clock for these marquee games. So it's kind of two to two to five. You know the slow time of the restaurant, so I can kind of hang and you know go make a pizza, work out of slow, go clean something, come back and watch a little basketball. It's been fun. I'm having something to watch during a weekday. It's basketball. College games really aren't on during the week before five or six o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon. 
Yeah, not during the day. So it's just, you know, you just, something you throw on the TV and you got something to watch. The G League Unite team is 4-0. and They played four games. They've won all four of them. This is the team that has a couple of the guys that, rather than play college, decided to play in the G League. G League Ignite has Jalen Green, 6'6 guard. Um, I don't think he committed anywhere. Uh, the Memphis Tigers talked to him for a little bit. There right. was there was talk that he may come play for the Tigers. No, he was a Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Kaminga, who I had who I knew nothing about until watching him play for the Ignite. He's a six eight forward. Uh, had offers from Duke, Texas Tech, Kentucky, Auburn. He was a highly touted recruit. Him and Jalen Green, from what I understand, were kind of one and two in in the class. They also have off the bench. Uh, I cannot quite pronounce his name. Dashian Nix is a 6'5 guard. He decommitted from UCLA to play for the G League Ignite. Yeah. Good for also him. Also off the bench, Isaiah Todd, who was also someone that the Memphis Tigers talked to. He's a 6'10 forward. He decommitted from Michigan. Decommitted from our guy, Jawan Howard, the coach <laughs> in Michigan. Yes. She's got two starters and two bench players, and they've got a couple of vets. They've got other starting point guards, uh, Jarrett Jack. Jarrett Jack. And uh, the, Jarrett Jack is a G League pro? player. And they have Amir Johnson coming off the bench. Come on, Jarrett Jack, the old pro? Jarrett Jack. Okay. There's only one, right? There's all, As far as I know, there's only one. Okay. <laughs> I have Amir Johnson who played for Detroit, played for Toronto. He comes off their bench. But no, watching them, watching a little bit of their games this week. I mean, it's, you know, Jalen Green and, and, is I mean he he looks like he's going to be a pro, yeah. He he looks like he's kind of got it down. He's a high scoring guard, and then the with the surprise was this Jonathan Kaminga. He's looked really really good. He's a forward. Looks like he'll fit the NBA pretty well. I have a Scoring question. Forward, get some rebounds. I have a question. Shoot, are these games? Uh, are all the replays on ESPN Plus? That I'm not sure of. Okay. I have not. I'm going to look that up. Look that up. Because I would it, like to be able be, to. I mean, it's so hard for me to fucking get into G League games when there's so many yeah. NBA games. But I wouldn't mind watching one or two Ignite games, I guess. Yeah. Like, ugh. <laughs> I mean, if these games were on at 6 p.m., I wouldn't be watching them. Yeah. I'd be watching whatever NBA game's on. But know. 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Sure. sure just throw it on yeah. throw it on and i'm Understand. not studying these games i'm not you know i don't have any super in-depth analysis on them no but it's just something fun to watch if you have an espn plus membership you can you can watch them and there's no. there's been a game on every day on espnu and that game usually comes on at 2 p.m no i mean if, so if you've if, got a basic cable package you can turn it on yeah if you see something on the game like a a game like it's it's you know that's one thing, but trying to find something to talk about in a fucking basically a high school G League game, like uh, sure, like what's the point of searching that out and forcing it? Yeah, if it happens, it happens. I don't know. There's so many NBA games to watch. They've been fun. They've been fun to turn on at 2 p.m. and yeah. just kind of you know. I get it. So where were you? What else? I'm not. Uh, I'm not suggesting that we do a that we do a weekly G League spot by any means. <laughs> Hang on. 
That ain't never going to happen, I don't think. Unless somebody is just blowing the fuck up or something. Well, these are the – some of these guys are guys that we'd be, you know, they'd probably be killing it at Duke right now or, you know, they're gonna killing be it at Michigan. Top draft picks probably. Yeah. Yeah. Jalen I mean, Green and Jonathan Kaminga look like probably top their lottery picks. The guys playing in the G League are probably going to be more NBA ready than college players. Would you say like maybe not quite on the level like LaMelo Ball is, but maybe like closer to NBA ready than a college player? No, oh, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The potential that they can possibly reach, that's that's the big question. You may not really catch that from watching them in the G League, how good they can be. Yeah, because they're playing against what you would assume would be better competition. Right. So you got to think in these G League squads. I mean, the you know the the team staff. These are probably ex pros. Mm-hmm. Oh, they yeah. probably have a little a little better. You know, they're not going to class. Mm-mm. Not suggesting that all college players go to class, but they're probably. <laughs> Their job is to play basketball. It's not, you know, go to a go to a class and then go work out and then go practice. Their schedule is more like a daily schedule is more like an NBA schedule. Right. They're prepping them. It's like a yeah. NBA prep school. Sure. It's not anything to do with fucking college. It's like going overseas. Probably not as good as going overseas. Like I feel like if you go overseas and skip college, you get more life experience probably more you get tested probably more than going to some like pampered g league <laughs> I, got, I feel like these kids are getting fucking pampered out their asses you could be right you could <laughs> be right and you go overseas it's not just you're not just learning basketball you're also right. team you get some more life experiences too you know i mean you got to go to a restaurant and figure out how to read the menu not only that but like and how it goes how it works with most most teams over there is they go to fucking lunch together. They practice. They uh-huh. go to dinner. They go. They have. They go uh, room with people. They're like together all the time. Really emphasizing on teamwork and and building as people. I don't know what the fuck is going on in these G leagues. Like then, and, and especially for the Ignite Select team, it's like what are they doing? They're they're going like probably through like financing programs or something like how to manage your money or how to not sure, be fucking yeah. stupid. Probably a bunch <laughs> of like NBA prep shit that doesn't necessarily make them like a better player as a whole. I think LaMelo probably these guys like this might end because the NBA is tired of losing players to overseas. Mm-hmm. Like the, the days of guys going overseas instead of going to college might be done. Yeah. This could be the beginning of something. It could be the beginning of uh, a whole nother crop of player that thinks it's entitled or something. <laughs> Some pampered, entitled fucking top 10 draft class. Yeah, the the Ignite team is <laughs> intriguing because I feel like, well, I mean, not that I feel like it's a fact. They started this team and kind of cherry-picked right. the guys they wanted on the squad. Yes, you know? absolutely. They didn't go into kind of an open draft where – you know, the Clippers farm team and the Grizzlies farm team mm-hmm. even got an opportunity to draft these guys. They're like, we're just going to stick them over here, mm-hmm. see what happens. Put them all together and uh, develop them. Yeah. But in, in what way, like, uh, 
now I'm very curious because I've raised questions to myself about like what the, is fucking the going on. Guys that are going to form super, a super team, you know? Right. Are these guys going to get in the league and they're like, all right, guys. What's after in, our rookie after deal and then we extend and super max banana boat? <laughs> Do we demand a trade? <laughs> yeah. Like, what year are we going to, like, the guy you bond with in the G League as a young guy is like the guy that you team up with later? Yeah. Or, like, are we looking as the is the Ignite team like the future Nets? Or is it something totally fucking different? Like a bunch of guys with crazy skills that have, like, that think everything's just going to be fucking given to them their whole fucking life. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're flying on planes. I don't know if they're riding buses. I'm not, I mean, they're in a bubble now. They have so. to feel very special right now. As a fucking 18-year-old yeah. kid, you're probably thinking you're pretty fucking special. You're pretty hot yeah, shit you're right not, now. Yeah, you're not riding the bench for some team in like Tel Aviv where your coach is like chain-smoking uh-huh. in your face. <laughs> and and you have like a strict schedule. I don't know. I'd be. Uh, they probably have strict schedules in the G League, but... Uh, I'd be curious to be a fly on the fucking wall and see what's really going on. I would imagine the day-to-day operation of a G League team is very similar to that of an NBA team. Right. How far does that go? I don't know. Like, as far as, like, well, Jalen doesn't need to do this because Jalen's the best player. (laughs) 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 The only one that doesn't have to run is (laughs) Jalen. I hope they're not doing that. Surely they're not. I feel like their whole job is just to prep these guys for the NBA. Well, once they get to the NBA, who are they at this point? Taking this alternate route that hasn't really been done yet. Yeah, I mean that's it remains to be seen. It's you a know, fucking this is a new guinea pig. The G League isn't new, but the Ignite team is new. This is guinea pig shit. All right. I'll see if I can find some games to watch. I don't know. Usually uh, 2 o'clock is kind of a hectic time for me. (laughs) (laughs) I got a lot going on at 2 o'clock usually. You're just just waking up. (laughs) It's either that. No, it's not waking up. I wake up earlier than that. But I'm usually either making plans for the night or getting ready for the night. Usually around 2 o'clock. Got a lot ahead of me. (laughs) usually (laughs) got a lot of things coming better get shit fucking straight now (laughs) two o'clock is chaos in my world i don't know i'm not watching g league games (laughs) should you should make some time for yourself jf yeah i don't know my time is like late at night like this i've always been a night owl i've said that before late at night while everyone sleeps the vampires come out and hunt. Uh, what else you got on the G League? Anything else you want to get off? Uh, that's get off about your it. Sheets? Nah, man, that's about it. I just thought it was interesting that you know. Yeah, I think it's worth together it. this uh, this group of guys, and then they're then they're dominating their games in the G League. You know. Yeah. What are the what's the average it, score? I think it's what they wanted. Um, what are, what are these teams scoring? What? How many minutes are they playing? How many? How many uh, fucking, how long are the quarters? Jeff, I'm watching these games while I'm at work. I told you, man. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Next time, research your fucking shit. <laughs> I'll watch more G League this week. No, it's not even that. Look. 
I want to know what's the fucking points per game. I want to know the minutes. Look, pe- the people want answers. They want to know these things. Let's keep it going. Let's go a little into like, I don't know, a little bit of Grizzly stuff. I'm not going to make this uh, as big of a deal as I was going to for the sake of time. How did the Grizzlies do last week? They beat the Kings Sunday night. Okay. They beat the Hornets. I think that was Wednesday night. Uh, They lost to the Lakers Friday night. I don't even want to talk about that game <laughs> they lead the nba in assists as oh, a team interesting they're passing the ball around pretty well they're sharing they're moving it's a team i like it they went two and two this week lost to the raptors beat charlotte lost to the lakers beat sacramento yeah all right two and two that's 500 it's all right that's their overall record. They're 500. This week they're playing the Pelicans, Thunder, Pistons, Suns. So they probably lose to the Pelicans. They, they should beat the Thunder. They should beat the Pistons. They'll probably lose to the Suns. Another 500 week that would put them at, which would be good. If they can just play 500 ball, we can't complain. Really. I mean, as long as these guys are playing and growing as players, Brian. You can't be upset. I agree. Desmond Bain made his first start of the season Monday night. So how about that? How about Desmond Bain? Twenty-six he looks like an minutes. NBA player. Twenty-six minutes, three threes, thirteen three and three. He does look like an NBA player. Like he's more a little more NBA ready than some. He's a four-year college player. The thing with the Grizzlies, and I've heard this from several people over the week, like people, I'm like, what is going on? Like people that I talk to about basketball, and everybody says the same thing. One night they're hot. No, not where's Jaron. No, people aren't questioning it because nobody's really fucking asking. But what I'm hearing a lot of is one night they're hot, one night they're cold. Sometimes it happens in the same fucking game. Like, they're hot one minute, cold the next. It could be effort. I kind of have a theory that it's like the lack of alphas on the court or on the team at all. Like last year, we had Jay Crowder, and he was clearly the alpha on that team, right? Yeah. Which I think Jaw thrived on that. Like having another guy like that, that he could kind of like buddy up with and be like, yeah, let's do this shit. Like, uh, I think John needs, like, another alpha in his corner. If that's Jaron, fine. But we need Jaron then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Grizzlies are just very inconsistent. It's a, it's a, I think it's a thing of them being young. As long as they play, they'll either get better or they won't. But they need to play. I think playing is better than not playing. Like, the sooner the better. They got to play to grow as players. Yeah. I can't express it any other way. I mean, Justice Winslow or whatever, he's supposed to be back in a couple weeks, I guess. I don't know. Jaron, I mean, I don't even fucking even want to get into it because I'm going to (laughs) get fucking upset. Apparently, he's coming back after the All-Star game. I've heard he wants to play. 
He's being held out. He had surgery in August. I don't even want to fucking do this, dude. Yeah, I don't want to get you started. We'll be here all night. I'm with you on the free Jaron train, though. He had surgery in August. Let him play. He had he surgery. Wants to play, let him play. Last August. It's like at tops 10 weeks recovery. Do the math. Figure it out. How long is too long? At what point are we uh, impeding progress? Yeah, what if we're hurting his development? Free the caged black stallion. Let him go. The Let unicorn. him run. Let the man run. Unicorn's got to run, man. I know he's worth a can't lot keep, of money. Can't keep no unicorn in a cage, man. This is beyond cautious. I know he's worth a lot. This is way beyond cautious. I think it's fucking stupid. Anyway. <laughs> Friday night, they blew a 20-point lead against the Lakers. We all saw it. We all, I was thinking, oh, the Lakers are giving this one to us. So they can go on Sunday and beat Denver and uh, move the standings. So Denver goes way down in the standings and Memphis moves up. Nah, Lakers went ahead and won that game. Uh, they fought back, chipped away. I think they uh, the Lakers don't take the Grizzlies seriously at all, letting us go up 22-2. to two. <laughs> oh. The Lakers aren't taking the Grizzlies seriously at all. That's a fact. The Grizzlies are not being taken seriously by a lot of teams, I think. Yeah, I feel like the Grizzlies just got rooked in that game. They got rooked. Oh, yeah. No question. LeBron started flopping. I yeah. mean, it started, it started like at the end of the second quarter. You started seeing it happen. He started controlling the game like he fucking does. Yeah. Got a little uh, got a little eight on three action or eight on five action there. <laughs> right. Who's the best player on the Lakers? Refs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know. Grizzlies, for your players, these guys aren't going to get any better not fucking playing. I don't know if anybody else is talking about it, but I'm kind of fucking sick of it. If a guy gets hurt playing, a guy gets hurt playing. This shit fucking happens. Let him fucking play. I got it's when you've when you've doubled or almost tripled the rehab time, it's too much. It's gone far enough. Uh, we better move on. Look, listen. Let's go to gambling this week. This will make me feel a lot better. My account has zero dollars in it. <laughs> <laughs> So Monday, I get a $10 free bet. Where are we now? I don't know after tonight, but we're up in the 70s. We're making money. Boston won this week, 120 to 106 against Toronto. Boston was the favorite, but they it was three and a half points. Take the fucking points. At this point, I'm doing like three, four-game parlays for $2 bets. I'm coming back. We're building the fucking bankroll back up. We're going from a free bet. Into something. Yeah, that's right, man. We're going to get it back up to like six, $700 where it was <laughs> three weeks ago. 
I've been grinding these three game parlays all week, like three dollars at a time. Couple good single game bets, not including Memphis beating LA this week. I was wrong about it, shit. But we're getting there. We're uh, we're building the money back up. Won some money on Daniel Berger at the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am. Picked him up on the twelfth hole on Sunday. You know, we know Daniel Berger. He won back-to-back at the St. Jude Classic here in Memphis. Back-to-back wins there a few years ago. I see that guy near the top of the leaderboard. I'm throwing money at him. I don't give a fuck. If he's in the hunt, he's fucking digging deep. He's he's always worth betting on. Daniel Berger. Put it in the books. It didn't hurt that Nate Lashley had a meltdown. In that golf tournament, he four-putted from 13 feet out on the 16th hole on Sunday. (laughs) Four-putted. Even Evan doesn't four-putt. Evan's a terrible golfer. I mean, putter. (laughs) I got nothing else. We're going to grind it out. Um, Definitely look for our parlays, underdog parlays, and bets and whatnot on social media. We've not been totally off. I had a crazy theory on the Grizz- on the Lakers letting the Grizzlies win so that they could turn around and beat Denver on Sunday and change the standings in the West playoff implications. But no, that it, that was just uh, that was just last season apparently <laughs> that the Lakers did that. It was a pipe dream. It happened last year. I saw it fucking happen. The Lakers were letting people win. To change the standings. Anyway, what's happening next week, Brian? Anything? Working and living, man. Trying to avoid COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing, uh, nothing, nothing planned. Nothing on the books. No, there is no events. We'll be lucky to leave our houses. You have four-wheel drive. You'll be out and about all willy-nilly. By the way, I need some uh, smokes. But, um <laughs> <laughs> So one thing I didn't take care of. <laughs> Nothing's happening next week. Me and Bo will be back. Maybe Brian. Maybe Laddie. I feel like you guys are both like very questionable for next week. Doubtful? No. Questionable. Yes. Probable. Questionable. I wouldn't say probable. I got nothing left, Brian. You got any final thoughts? No. No, I think I, I think I covered everything. I think I did what I came to do tonight. I feel you, man. Hey, I was happy to have you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. It was good hanging with you and Bo always. I appreciate you. Thank you, Bo. Laddie, call me sometime. All right. Everybody stay warm out there. It's freezing. Only uh, 10% of Texas is out of power. What's wrong with that picture?
Strange. 